Free Talk Live, it is your show, and you can take control of the airwaves via the toll-free number 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line for you as we launch into another week of fun and excitement. 800-259-9231 again, the number. All right, so uh, we've had quite a last week, haven't we, Mark? The Porcupine Freedom Festival, of course, wrapped up yesterday, the 2008 Pork Fest which was our second year attending Porkfest. We attended for more than three times as long as we did the year prior. And, man, it was a lot of fun. I had a great time. I did, too. I, you know, there's no arguing with it. It was uh, it was a party the whole time. And, of course, uh, big thanks to Jason Osborne for, I think, really helping increase the uh, the party factor with his Sickle CAI fun tent, uh, which was essentially going... All hours of the day and night offering people uh, free drinks. And you know what I found out today, though, Mark? Apparently they had wanted to offer uh, free barbecue because mm-hmm. we initially talked about that. And the reason why the barbecue didn't happen was because apparently the – let's see if I understood this correctly. The the campground that we were at did not want competition as far as – you know, they were offering like these $10 hot dogs basically yeah. at the campground. So they didn't want anybody offering any competition to their kind of little exclusive deal that they had on food services. But from what I understood of a discussion I had with some activists today, apparently the guy from the campground had said, well, you know, if you're just going to do something, then you should just do it. As far as they were kind of hinting that maybe you should just go and have a give, you know, just do it instead of charge. Don't don't charge for it. And Jason wasn't going to charge for it. But uh, apparently some organizer went and, and asked permission, and then they said no, and it, it could have happened. permission. <laughs> yeah. Always ask forgiveness rather than permission. So it could have happened from what I understand, but it didn't end up. But I know Jason Osborne. If I know Jason Osborne, he's already planning for next year and is planning to, uh, to tweak Planning to tweak the uh, the situation, and I know they're they're actually looking for a different campground, maybe. So I don't know if it's going to be at the same one next year or not. But either way, we'll let you know as we learn more. Of course, uh, you can see pictures and video. I think from the Porcupine Freedom Festival. If you go to freestateproject.org, I'm sure more and more will be uh, will be posted. So there is a lot to talk about as always tonight. Honestly, uh, a bunch of people sent me show prep over the last several days, and I I haven't even had a chance to begin to dig through it. So we're going to start here in a moment. We'll take some calls. But coming up, we're going to tell you about yet another instance of government failure. Apparently, the government people can't even make a coupon correctly. We'll explain to you what that means first. Uh, But first, we go to Helen in Florida. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Helen. Hello. Hey, Helen, what's on your mind? I hope mind? I'm uh, talking appropriately. I have been ridiculed for my creations about beginning three decades ago. These little creatures appeared in my consciousness. I'm sorry, are you talking right into your, are you talking right into your phone? Actually, I'm you know, trying, can, is that better? That's my fault. Somebody turned down my volume over here, Helen. My okay. apologies. Go ahead there. About almost three decades ago this fall, little creatures appeared in my consciousness. Little creatures? Can you hear me? Yeah, you said little creatures appeared in your consciousness? Yeah. Well, they, they became what little creatures? What did they look Matilda like? And they Mumford what? Rabbit. Say again, I'm sorry, say that again? They introduced themselves to me as Matilda and Mumford Rabbit. Huh. They come from a higher planet, you know, more spiritually evolved. They're quite concerned that if we blow up our planet, it might affect their planet, too. Well, I, I would think that, began, you know, blowing up I, anybody's they, planet's probably a bad idea. Right. Yeah. But the point is, they began uh, with a dozen good habits, which are adopted by some teachers and Sunday school teachers. Mm. And over the years, it's evolved into little habits on the Constitution, 
the Bill of Rights, the uh, Federal Reserve, the uh, the IRS, I'm sorry, you lost me for a moment there. You said something about good habits. Uh, what? Yes. How's that have to do with the Constitution? Where was that connection there? I, I missed it. Explain that. it. Each they became more and more aware that we need needed to restore the Constitution. You're talking. You're which, saying the aliens. That's what they. Well, the, I call them extraterrestrials. The, the extraterrestrials. Wanted, they're they're very concerned about the Constitution. <laughs> this okay. is a fairy tale, but this is an analogy, how, how we can become aware. Because mm. these habits are applicable for children of all ages, and we're all children. As an example, like yeah. the First Amendment, uh, Matilda Rabbit has a habit of using God's gift of free speech plus spiritual choice. And so they, so it's a choice. rabbit that actually talks. Now, you said they, oh, yes. they appeared to Were you dreaming at the time they appeared to you, or had you just taken some LSD? Uh, were you? What was the situation? Where, where well, did they actually appear to you? In each one of our brains, on either side of the brain, either side uh, near the ears and amygdala, that's mm. part of the brain. It's like almond-shaped, yeah. and that's where you're more receptive to impressions, psychic impressions, okay. you know, intuition. So you were fully awake at this time? No, this has taken years and years to evolve. Uh, you know, and, and initially they were introducing that, but it just began with one little habit. The first habit was Matilda Rabbit has a habit of snoring in her sleep, but not before she does implore the Lord her soul to keep. Then it developed into a dozen good habits. So the the, the extraterrestri- extraterrestrial rabbits are they pray to to a god before they go to sleep? Is it the same god? Oh yeah, well, they. Uh, Jesus is their uh, word and way on all planets. Why would they? they what, why would they care about Jesus? They don't even live on this planet, right? How would they um, even know? Because Jesus, Je- Jesus was on our earth, right? Well, Jesus is not on this planet alone. He's everywhere. Did he? Really? Did he die at a cross in, um, you know, outside of Jerusalem and the other planets too? Well, the point is. Was wait before you go on. Now you got to answer these questions because we need to ask you questions to really understand where you're coming from. Because you have to understand what you're saying is really way out there. Okay. Now you said there's a rabbit and it was it a turtle? Was the other one? No. What was the other thing? Rather no, than they're a, a brother, twin siblings, a brother and a sister. So there were two, two rabbits. rabbits. Yes. Extraterrestrial rabbits who ver- who worship Jesus. Now, rabbits, two rabbits. Is, was no. Jesus a uh, in in their you know their planet in the uh, the extraterrestrial world outside of our world? I think you call it a Warren. A Warren? Yeah. What is that? What's well, that? That's where rabbits live. Oh, okay. people of the Constitution. Wait, now hold on. Before you get to the whole Constitution thing. Uh, okay, let me see if I can understand. I, I want to focus on the Jesus thing for just a moment here. Now, in our world, they say that the Jesus was a man. But in the extraterrestrial rabbit world, was he a rabbit? I have no idea. But the, the Christ Well, you should ask these questions. Of the, I well, mean, how I often do you contact these extraterrestrials? Let's focus on their, their desire to respect all religions. If they're fulfilled to their fullest capacity, they'll mm. become Christ-like. The, the me- simple message. Do the rabbit will. By. You're saying the rabbit will become like Christ? Any creature with consciousness. This is a fairy tale. I'm trying to make points. Oh, well, it's a habits. fairy tale. You mean you didn't actually see aliens in your head? This is my creation that I received from them. I'm not so you crazy. are seeing you are seeing rabbits in your head. I'm trying to make a point that in this creative way we can become where each one begins where they have a habit. They have a habit. Okay, and it habits. leads up to the Constitution. The no, IRS, I don't understand that con- Reserve, connection. The, the WTO. Uh, mm, the, the World Trade uh, Organization. Uh huh. That's even affecting the rabbits. They're concerned about that. Country. So what is it that you want to happen exactly? 
What's I your vision? To, I want us to re- this country to restore its constitution, go back to the principles of the constitution. The principles are applicable on any plant anywhere. They're that sacred, that very wise. Why did and, they choose you as their messenger? Why did the extraterrestrial bunnies decide to choose Helen from Florida as how the... How do I uh, know? Well, you sh- you're not asking these questions? I mean, the, the extraterrestrial rabbits appear to you and I you am. alone? Are they appearing to anyone how, else? How are you receptive to things that you've created? Can, uh, Helen, can I hear favor? the poetry again? I, I really like the poetry. Yeah, there, there was a little poem that she had written there with the rabbits with habits. Okay. Poetry. Well, each one of these 49 good habits begins with either Matilda or Mumford Rabbit has a habit. And then the next three lines are addressing the specific concern. The ten Bill of Rights, each one <laughs> makes the a point. What the hell is she talking about? Well, and it, then the, uh, the as, uh, example as the Federal Reserve, like Mumford Federal Rabbit Reserve. has a habit of telling the Federal Reserve, you're an unlawful act, constitutional fact, our gold standard we must preserve. They're all very, very huh. practical. Yeah, I, wow. It's just allegorical, Ian. That's well, all. That's, I'm trying Except to for the fact conscience. that she's really seeing rabbits in I, her head. You know, I'm not 100% sure she's really seeing rabbits. I'm trying to reach people of all ages. I can barely hear you. Oh, I see. So you're saying that, and I don't know why that would be. I think the it may be been the, the network phone lines. You know, I don't know. You're, so I just want to make sure I'm, I'm clear on something here. Yeah. You're saying that, that these rabbits are, are real or they're imaginary? Of course they're imaginary. Okay. Interesting way to communicate. I don't know if it's very effective. Thank you for the call. Children need to learn these things. 800-259-9231. I'm pretty sure our audience is mostly adults. And even if I were a kid, that would confuse me. We're on the way. It's Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show. You can bring up anything via the toll-free number at 800-259-9231. Single CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And guard. And Mark. Gardner Goldsmith appearing out of nowhere. Yes. He was not here for the first segment. Actually, you did arrive in the midst of that nut job uh, that was on the line with her bizarro story. I was visiting with my rabbits. Uh, <laughs> I think you're being unfair. The lady was putting together a story. It was for, a parable. You know, it was, it was kind of maybe for kids and uh, kids no, of all ages. You have to make things understandable for kids. Now, I'm not saying that kids are dumb. Uh, in fact, I think kids are a lot smarter than most people give them credit for. But I couldn't understand that story, Mark. No one could understand that story. We asked questions to try to understand the situation, you know, and it just resulted in more confusion. All writers aren't that great in, in, in you know, speaking. That's why they write. Yeah. So, you know, I, I get it. Mumford Rabbit and all that stuff. Yeah. Yeah, you get it. You're Federal so Reserve. full of it. I'm there. Anyway, Gardner Goldsmith hey. is here, hey, and the calls are rolling in, so we're going to continue with your phone calls. Uh, let's talk to Stephen in Colorado. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Stephen. Hello. Uh, quick question for Gardner. First of all, uh, well, and a comment, Gardner. I really enjoyed the Gardner and Julia show uh, oh, for thank two you. nights. That was just fantastic. Well, I was really happy to be able to fill in for Ian, Ian and Mark. That was a lot of fun. We had a good time. Yeah, um, I, I bet you felt honored having uh, the privilege to do that too. <laughs> um, the uh, the question is, Gard, are you, are you an economist? Uh, what is you you said you mentioned you went to college did you uh... yeah well actually i i uh i didn't study economics in college and i've i've thought uh-huh. many times that i should go back and try to get my uh my graduate degree in economics or get a phd sometime down the line uh in what's free that market economics do, exactly what's it going to do you i could, teach i could teach on the college level it would be fun it would be really fun i'd love to teach po- uh political economics uh, but mm-hmm. um, my training basically comes from uh, self self teaching, being self taught, uh, picking up a lot of things that I later found out my father had already read, and he already had copies down in our basement that he had annotated 
Uh, I, you know, I started off with uh, mainly John Locke's political stuff when I was in high school, and then I started mm-hmm. reading uh, Henry Hazlitt, von Mises, Bastiat, uh, Murray Rothbard, uh, John Baptiste Say. Uh, you know, a lot of you know, I really, really got into economics for a number of years, like you know, very, very intensely. It, it, it wouldn't have been fun talking to me. You know, Steve, yeah, what else yeah, is okay. Uh, just wondering. Um, now, the um, uh, the reason why I'm calling is because you had a crazy caller on uh, Ed on Saturday night, um, and then followed by uh, uh, Raphael or uh, somebody Javier. Um, and they were yeah, a couple of nationalists, and, some state well, worshippers. They were going to tell you what what was really going on because clearly you guys don't know. Uh, <laughs> were these and, were these um, the the nine eleven truth guys? No, 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 these were these these were just just yeah, your standard guy, issue Raphael, bumper sticker oh, Republican yeah, yeah, right nationalist. Yes, yes, down in Florida, yeah. I think. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Um, and and uh, one thing that uh, you didn't say probably because you didn't know he was talking about. Well, we're in Saudi Arabia because. They invited us, using, of course, the collective terms. Right. Yeah. And you, you said, well, I didn't. Uh, they didn't ask me. I, I'm not there, and, and so <laughs> forth. But the thing is, is uh, one thing that uh, that happened during that time was the the U.S. government showed Saudi Arabia f- fake satellite photos, and this is an absolute verified fact. You can look it up in any so-called legitimate news source. You don't have to go to these crazy conspiracy sites. Yeah. The uh, U.S. government showed them fake satellite photos of of Iraqi troops amassing on their uh, their western border in, pre- in preparation to invade Saudi Arabia and said, hey, do you need us to come there, uh, given these photos? And Saudi Arabia, of course, said, well, yeah, sure, come on over. Not that that is a good reason. Yeah, ask Jim Babka about that next time you talk to him. Yeah. Um, that's where I heard it from. But uh, And then the other thing, too, is something that I don't know how to deal with. I think you guys did okay. But what if what if I called up and I was a belligerent um, neocon, I mean, in this conversation here, and I told you guys, well, then get out. What is the best, snappiest response for that? Well, what I like to I, use... I, I can never come up with a good response for that one. I, I, my response is like, uh, no. Well, with those, with those <laughs> yeah. people... Um, <laughs> it's a tough one, I agree. It, it, it's not the easiest in the world. With those people, generally, uh, the founding fathers are like uh, the apostles uh, to mm-hmm. Christians. And you can say, well, did the founding fathers leave when the taxes from King George became so onerous? No. They stayed, and they fought for their land. And they're patriots. And I'm telling you... I'm the same. Right. Well, that's a good point. Yeah, and and that that's exactly. I was thinking the founding fathers too. They they that's absolutely the kind of thing they're always studying the founding fathers, especially neocons. They try to bring these people up and then mix in other people like Lincoln and all these sure. other people. But if you can concentrate on the founding fathers, you say, look, I'm just trying to uphold the rules that these guys say that they're gonna to which they're gonna conform. The U.S. Constitution. I thought about that too. Yeah. Yeah. And, I thought and, about the. Yeah. Well, I'm sorry. Oh, no, I was just going to say, and clearly the Constitution has been absolutely, utterly smeared and ripped to shreds. Um, mm-hmm. I, I, don't, I don't think the Constitution goes far enough, but these people clearly worship the, the Founding Fathers, and if you can hit on that, you say to yourself, so am I justified in defending them, or should I just stop? You know? Right, and, and, and what I thought about saying was, no, you leave, you're the foreign element. Yeah. Your ideals are foreign to everything that this nation was founded uh, you on. You know, that's interesting you should bring that up, because I was accosted <laughs> by a guy uh, on Memorial Day a few weeks ago. Um, uh, I, I remember that on your show. Yeah, yeah, and yep. he was just all over me saying, you know, I fought for your right to be able to say these things, and I was going to hit him a little harder, but I decided I better lay off a little bit uh, just for the sake of comedy. 
uh, and uh, or Amity, and and I decided, you know, later I thought to myself, well, look, you know, I was going to ask him what battles were you in, where did you fight? He would clearly say Iraq and other things. I was like, so how did that fight for my right to be free and 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 for free speech? Uh, that would yeah. have been too intense for that guy. But I think for a guy like you, for some of the others, if you get into this position, you say, look, who's really fighting for the U.S. Constitution? You nationalists right. or me? I'd like to uh, well, to insert and, something and a, here, if I could, Stephen, uh, and, and that sure. is that your suggestion that you might come back at him with, well, you should leave because, you know, I'm the real patriot. I think that's kind of like a, uh, you know, a pissing match, right, basically. Right, that's a, uh, uh-huh yeah, kind I, of uh, situation. I, I don't think that'll yeah. be a very effective, it's essentially, it's essentially an escalation, whereas if you ask that question that Mark suggested that, uh, you know, would the founding fathers had, have just left if they were in a, if someone had said something similar to them at that point, that just gives them something to chew on. It it doesn't give them something to, you know, it doesn't try to one-up them in any way, and it, it doesn't lower yourself to their level, because essentially that would be you making the same statement that they were just in reverse. So I would stay away from yep. making a, a claim like that or a, or a statement that, that, like that. That's, that's a good point. That's an excellent point. But something Gard said reminded me, that guy Ed said, uh, you, you asked him that question about fighting for freedom. Uh, what wars have been fought for freedom? And he said, uh, hello, Iraqi freedom, and you guys just laughed, man. I, I laughed too. I laughed out loud on that one. Yeah, that was hilarious because they <laughs> because, named yeah. the because they named it Iraqi freedom. It yep, must be about freedom. Go. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's like uh, hello, the Patriot Act. Of course, it's patriotic. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Stephen, for the call tonight. We appreciate All hearing right. from you. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. We continue. Let's talk to Dan in Pennsylvania. Dan, you're on Free Talk Live on the Amp Line. Hi, and um. A couple weeks ago, or maybe it was last week, I'm a, a podcast listener, so I get times mixed up. There was a okay. guy who called in, actually a couple of Christians who called in, say, you know, talking about how they don't want to enforce their morality on people, but, you know, if people are, you know, abusing their kids and you've got to do something, you've got to have a government, government around to do something. And uh, I just wanted to submit that in a totally free society where you have – you know, where people have the liberty to basically do what they want as long as they're not hurting anyone else, you're still going to have people hurting each other, but it's so different than today. And my point was going to be that uh, why can't the kids, if they have a case that they've been abused, uh, why can't they just do in, in retrospect? They should be yep. able to. Hang on. We can bring you back with more here. 800-259-9231 is the SACL CAI toll free line. Bring up whatever you want. This is your show. It's Free Talk Live. Would you like to help others find Free Talk Live? You can help us advertise, market, and promote the show at amp.freetalklive.com. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier now for $3 a month and get some cool bonuses at amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show. You bring up what you want via the toll-free number at 800-259-9231. Sickle CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Guard. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features there are free, so enjoy those on us. Those features include the updates. You get signed up, and we'll keep you in the loop whenever there's something fresh to announce about the show. Just go to updates.freetalklive.com to get on the list for free. That's updates.freetalklive.com. In Chapter 6, Subterranean, Tab, Tad Galahad goes to hell. In hell, he finds nanobots, killbots, sex bots, supermodel clones, immortality, and a rocket ride off this pale blue dot. Go to freedom-engineering.com. That's freedom-engineering.com to read the 
the sixth chapter and the first five. Very cool. And it's all free there, right? You don't have to pay for that, do you? That's correct. Okay, cool. Freedom-engineering.com. 800-259-9231. We go back to Dan in Pennsylvania. Dan, you're on Free Talk Live. What were you saying before uh, we had to go away there for a moment? Okay. Um, I was talking about how uh, there have been some Christian libertarians who have been calling in talking about how, you know, they, they just can't accept the idea that we have to allow everyone full liberty to raise their children how they want to, you know, because, you know, what if, well, what if they're, you know, doing something like, you know, they brought up female circumcision or something like that? Yeah. And what I was saying is why, you know, the burden of proof should be on the accuser. So why don't we allow people to do, you know, to raise their kids as long as there's no clear signs of abuse? Mm-hmm. And if the children are damaged by it, sue in retrospect. Rather than having the burden of proof constantly on the parents, so they have to prove to this government that we have constantly that they're not abusing their, using their children. Now, Dan, I, 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 didn't I mention that to the uh, gentleman um, during that uh, particular uh, phone call that um, you know that basically that a, a child once they you know reach majority should be able to uh, sue a parent on on that, or was that another interview? It might have been another one because I just listened to that last okay. week. Okay. Yeah, absolutely but, true. Um, I, I think that uh, people that have been, you know, harmed by their parents in some way should be able to sue. And yeah. um, I, I would think, in the case of a female circumcision, that likely they would, uh, you know, a jury would find for them. Um, male circumcision, yeah, maybe sure. not so much. You know, pervasive morality matters in a, in, a, in a society. And if you're going to get a jury of your peers. You know, they're probably not going to find that you were harmed significantly by a male circumcision. Maybe they will. I'm not sure. Which leaves the main main method of uh, preventing that sort of thing to be persuasion. Right. Which I don't think there's a problem with that. And I say that as a Christian myself. I'm not, you know, we have to actually work to get our ideas across. We have to persuade people. Now, rather than try to force them. In that particular interview, I sort of sided with the with the law there that somebody should go to jail for uh, for female circumcision, and I've I've decided to retract that because here's the reason: female circumcision is going on in the Sudan right now, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. We we haven't yeah. invaded, so um, the fact that it goes on in the United States, why should we put somebody in prison over it? I think that um, you know our legal system, you know, when the child reaches majority, that uh, that that will take care of that issue relatively quickly. You mean Dan's people, idea? Yeah, Dan's idea would be would take over relatively quickly because well, people don't want to be sued. Well, yeah. right, because uh, if there was a judgment against the parents in that particular case, then uh, then the other parents that were considering doing that would have to think twice. Absolutely, and of course, social ostracization would uh, keep these types of things from really cropping up within private voluntary societies. So you'd have private arbiters, you'd have uh, parents who and uh, and new new parents who would already have signed on to the rules. And, uh, man, if they broke those rules, they would not be able to prosper, and they would be hit pretty hard financially. Good call, Dan. Appreciate hearing from you tonight. 800-259-9231 to Dave in Athens, Ohio, listening on WAIS. Hello, Dave. Hi, guys. Hey, what's uh, on your did mind? Did you read that news article where in San Diego there was a school, some kind of scared straight thing where they came in, highway patrolmen came into school and said, your friend's dad? Yeah, we did do that. Yeah, story. we covered that story. I think during the uh, the Porcupine Freedom Festival, mm-hmm. and how awful! I mean, how do you feel about that, Dave? Well, I don't like the way they did it. Yeah, it really, they were messing with uh, the emotions of those children, those youngsters, and it's uh, tac- tactless and pretty despicable the way they did that. And thank you for the call tonight. Yeah, Appreciate you bringing it up. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. The point, in case you didn't hear it was uh, Mothers Against Drunk Driving had teamed up with the police department, and he had said, I guess he said it was San Diego, 
and they went into a high school, uh, I, I guess a, like a classroom full of uh, high schoolers, and basically they picked an empty desk and they said that so and so had died in a car, uh, you know, a drunken car accident. Wow. Well, they didn't just pick it, but uh, they had the students in on it uh, ahead of time. Okay, yeah, and so they made it. They made all of their classmates, who many of them were probably friends of that young person, feel as though their friend had just died in order to make a point about not drinking and driving. Well, I don't know how long, how long that sort of lasted in the class, but that's the sort of thing that if you're talking about terrorism. Uh, you know, obviously it's not the same type of thing. A real life was not taken, but the effect that the terrorists are trying to strike in the heart of America to make us fearful, this is a fear that's being produced by government agents and mothers against drunk driving inside a school mm. where the kids can't get away. That is terror, and man, I can't believe they do something like yeah. that. Yeah, and it's it's totally unnecessary. I mean, they, they seem like they're tr- always trying to crank up to the next level of intensity on their efforts to dissuade youngsters from drinking and driving. And I just don't understand it. Uh, when I was in high school and there were the parties, the, the high school drinking parties, kids were very well aware of the dangers of dr- uh, drinking and driving. And they, you know, even young kids had uh, some designated drivers everyone knows that it's not a good idea to drink and drive why do we have to hit them over the head so hard that that it actually frightens them into believing their children you know their their friends are dead continually lie to them you know nothing like getting kids on your side with the subtle lies that are always out there about drugs and things like that give them a big lie slap them in the face with that one that'll really get them yeah your friend's dead and the other lie that we pointed out i think was that they said it was an alcohol related death and when they give you those alcohol related Related statistics, that could mean that, Gardner, we're driving down the road, you're drunk, I'm driving, an accident happens, mm. then we've got an alcohol-related fatality. Uh, yes, yes. Even though no one at behind the wheel was actually drunk. Unbelievable. I, I, I think that, I don't know, um, it, it seems to me that, obviously, drinking and driving's not good news. Um, and I, it seems to me, at least in my life, that, uh, you know, I, I probably did more of that when I was younger than I do would do now. And so... I, I'm not. It's it certainly. I think it's a good idea to show kids the consequences of drinking and driving. I don't think we should lie to them. Yeah, I, I think the consequences are fine. You know, a, a, a few pictures of some mangled cars, maybe some video footage. I mean, that all makes sense. But telling them your friend is dead. And, it, but here, I think harsh. I think that uh, for one, you know, we we have a culture where it's illegal for parents to uh, you know teach their kids to drink. And and I feel like who yeah. better to teach their child how to responsibly use alcohol? Sure, there's uh, parents would've out there. Would have made a difference for me, I tell that, you that. There's there's some parents out there that would be irresponsible, but by and large, we have uh, the American youth being educated by other American youth that's correct. on how to imbibe yeah. alcohol, and that's really bad news. I care about my son, and I'm going to teach him, legal or not, how to you know properly imbibe alcohol. It seems like 90-something percent of the population drinks. I may be wrong here, but... It seems like a good, good, good majority does, and so therefore it's it's a real fact of life, and and we should teach our kids about it. I so think the that's a sensible are, idea. So the, so you've got this uh, situation where you know essentially the law says drinking is drinking uh, below the age of twenty one is bad. It should not be done. So parents tell their kids drinking below the age of twenty one is bad. It should not be done. Kids don't feel like they have uh, they can call upon their parents when they do need a ride. Sure. And so you've got the situation where they feel obligated to drive home. I've got to get home by 1 yeah. o'clock or by 1230 right. or whatever their curfew time is. So Great they, point. you know, they, 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 they don't call. They make a call. mistake. Right. Yep. And yeah. the, the mistake is not calling the parents. It's terrible. 
That's a great well, and it's also a mistake on the parents' part for not being open-minded uh, with uh, helping their kids out. Where you know, it's one thing for mom to say, "Well, just call us anytime you need us to give you a ride." Yeah, but at the same time, if that's the same mother who's told you not to drink, then you know that if you call her, she's going to be pissed, right? And there's going to be some sort of punishment that comes down the pike as a result of that. And kids don't want to get punished for going out and having a good time on the weekend. So yeah, you're right, Mark. They try to avoid all contact with uh, with adults, whether they be police or parents, and as a result of that, they put themselves in dangerous situations that otherwise, if they had a good relationship with their parents, if their parents understood that as you know, as a teenager, they're going to come across alcohol and, and that that's okay, especially if they've taught them how to drink responsibly, then there would be no issue. Then the, the kids could call up mom and dad and say, beforehand, they could say, mom, we're going to a party, uh, you know, we'll call you later and you can come pick us up or, or whatever. But no, it's they go underground and then bad things happen. More coming up. Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. It is your show and you can take control of the airwaves via the toll-free number at 800-259-9231. The Cycle CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Guard. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features there are free. And if you like the show want to help support Free Talk Live, then shop with us at amazon.freetalklive.com. When you enter Amazon through that link, Free Talk Live will get a percentage of your purchase. Whatever it is that you're buying in over 41 categories to shop from, lots of different products available, the brands that you trust, at a great price, as well as free super saver shipping on a whole lot of items. Go to amazon.freetalklive.com to get your shopping done. That's amazon.freetalklive.com. We go to the phones, Ampline and Ladies First. It is Whitney in D.C. Whitney, you're on Free Talk Live. Hi, guys. How are you doing? Hey. Great. Hey, Whitney. I'm, uh, I'm just actually calling in to report on how it went at the airport when I dropped Sam off today. Oh, right. Yeah. We were what? just talking about Sam in the airport, Whitney. Oh, yeah? Well, yeah. yeah. Off the air. Go <laughs> ahead. Off the air. Yeah. Um, well, I dropped him off at the airport, and you know how he flies without ID. He and does. That they have, you know, recently created a law that said if you don't use government ID, they're going to call the airport police uh, to check you out. Mm. Yeah, I thought so, that was supposed to start on the 21st, but I, I don't know. Did he encounter extra difficulties? No, he didn't, and uh, I was kind of surprised. But I, I went in there with a the camera, and I think that maybe that made people a little more. Mm. <laughs> they wanted to expedite him. <laughs> Yeah, interesting. They didn't want to be on camera. Yeah. So yeah, I, thought I thought it wasn't. I thought it wasn't legal to uh, videotape uh, TSA, you know, stuff. Oh, I don't know if it is, but they, nobody they, bothered me. They didn't say anything to you, huh? That's great. No, they didn't. Were you actually trying to video when I was um, when I was at one checkpoint, Mark? They didn't want me looking at the actual checkpoint activity, so I imagine they wouldn't mm-hmm. like me videotaping. What exactly were you videotaping at that time? Well, he went in to check in and get his uh, boarding pass, and so we were uh, just standing there with the lady at American checking in, mm-hmm. and um, she asked him a few times if he had an ID, and he kept repeating, no, I don't, and then he finally showed him her press badge, and that just has his last initial on it with his first name, so right. she actually took that, she gave him his boarding pass, and um, she she seemed a little uncomfortable about the camera, just kind of smiling at it, and right. um so then we turned around and we walked to the TSA line. Actually, first we dropped off to, or went to drop off the luggage, and the guy there didn't want us hanging around. He was like, "Oh, I'll just take that. You're good." Hmm. So 
then we went into the TSA line, and Sam got up there, and I was videoing from the backside. There was a restaurant right next door. Right, yeah. And so I kind of went in through the restaurant so I could hear everything. Yeah, because you, you weren't going through, right? You were staying in D.C., no, right? Yeah. right. So I, he just let him right through, and, I mean, all the TSA agents, there were a bunch of them standing around, probably six of them, and they all just completely ignored me with the camera. Huh, wow. And just let him right through, but of course you had to go through the extra security thing. Right. Yeah. Well, but they didn't take him away for an interrogation, at least that you could tell. They well, they put him in a little room where you know you have to go for the secret search or whatever mm-hmm. it's called when they mark your boarding pass with the four S's. Yeah. So they took him off to the room and they put him in there. Um, but they always do that when he when you know when you don't fly with ID. So, they never put me in a room uh, when I did it. They just sort of took me off to the side where they had this little side area where they, sh- you know, they shake people down. There, I don't, I wouldn't say okay. it was another room. So did the, he actually went into a room with a door on it? Or? Yeah, he went into a little room with a door, and of course I wasn't back there. But right. um, he told me later, and he said that the door was locked, and he kept jiggling the lock and saying, "Am I being detained?" <laughs> <laughs> the guy was like, "No, you're not being detained." And he's like, "Why am I locked in here?" <laughs> wow. Maybe, uh, maybe yeah. he'll have a few more details that. Uh, you know, that you weren't necessarily privy to. Yeah, well, I just want to let you know how it went from my end. I'm sure cool. he'll be calling in, not tonight, but uh, this week. Right on. And also another thing that we noticed was that the TSA agents now, instead of having the little iron-on badges on their shirt, oh, they have, they metal have badges. Uh, official-looking metal badges now. Oh, boy. Yeah, they oh, spent a little bit yeah. more money, a little more taxpayer money on that. <laughs> the effect is being completed, Whitney. So, Whitney, exactly. you were on the show on uh, Friday night, and you made... Free Talk Live history when you, I guess, you challenged Mark to take off his shirt and in return you would also take yours off. Uh, have you gotten any feedback on that? Uh, people getting in touch with you and saying things about it? Um, people getting in touch with me? No, I didn't really give out my uh, phone number. No, that's true. <laughs> that's probably best. I, I, I well, guess I mean at the, at the Porcupine Freedom Festival. Were you getting any feedback? Oh, yeah, yeah. Everybody... Well, Everybody heard about it. Males like that cool. kind of thing, you know? It they was, did like it that. It was yeah. very, very cool. I don't and think I... Well, you know, I actually did hear that there was somebody that didn't like it. Apparently, there you have a critic on the uh, the Free Talk oh, well. Live BBS who... Uh, now, I have not actually read the, the posts, but it's apparently some chick that, that fi- found that, in her words, trashy. Are you trashy, Whitney? Oh. Uh, I just have a free spirit, and I think some people are a little uncomfortable with that. Yeah, I don't understand why breasts are trashy. I don't well, really get the connection there. Before we go on, Whitney, could you please define trashy as you see it? Trashy? Yeah, um, I mean, when you hear about trashy girls, what do you think of? I don't know. I guess I think of someone in a trailer park with Daisy Dukes on and tattoos. <laughs> <laughs> Bleach She's blonde hair and... Yeah, and and Whitney, you know, you know, it's interesting because even right now, as you're on, you could take your top off and Mark could take his top off, but it wouldn't have the yeah. same effect. And I no. thought it was a lot of fun. No. And yeah, different perspectives for the BBS poster there. Obviously, you know, she just felt uncomfortable, but I thought well, it was totally she, great. And from very what natural. I understand, again, I haven't read the post, but this is from what Julia tells me. From what I understand, the lady on the BBS was concerned that you were trying to uh, tantalize women's husbands, and she would feel very bad about having her husband there because you would you would be trying to wrest him away from her no, I don't with, think with that, your behavior. That's not what she was saying. I've read the, the Oh, posts. really? Yeah. What was she saying, Mark? Well, <coughs> pardon me, I have a cough. Um, she was essentially saying that, uh, you know, taking your top off for a room full of men is trashy. And, uh, you know, she wouldn't want her husband there um, looking at it. You know, that kind of thing. That, that she thinks nudity is fine. 
However, um, you know, it would be it should be uh, you know relegated to areas of nudist colonies where everyone's there and they're not I purposely see. looking. I mean, they might slant their eyes or whatever, right? But they're not purposely right. looking at that kind of thing. So, I mean, you know, I, I, I guess everybody gets something for everything that they do in this world. And Whitney got me to take my shirt off. Yeah. That's right. That was the goal, man. We planned it for a couple months. <laughs> a couple months? Wow. Uh, it was well yeah, done, yeah. well executed. So, Whitney, anything else on your mind tonight? No, I just wanted to call and report about that. And uh, I had a great time at Porkfest, and I can't wait to move up to New Hampshire in the spring. So. Very good. Well, I have to say that I thought the entire event was quite tasteful. Not trashy at all, it but was tasteful. Good. It was and, good. And uh, thank you for your call tonight. We appreciate it. And we'll look you. forward to having her up here. 800-259-9231, the SACL CAI toll-free line. We go to Puke in New Hampshire. You're on Free Talk Live on the Amp Line. Hello, Puke. Hey, how's it going, guys? Hey, what's yeah, on your Puke. mind? Well, I wasn't able to call in during Porkfest because <laughs> it was out in the middle of the woods and all of that. And uh, so I decided I'd call in right now. Here you are. All right. right. Well, I was going to say, you know, you know, first of all, uh, thanks to Jason Osborne for uh, putting on a fantastic little, or not little, but big tent that everybody could hang out in and uh, get some free beers and have a good time. And, uh, you know, I mean, it was uh, fantastic. It was the first pork fest that I've ever been to for the whole week. Mm. And, um, you know, there was all kinds of stuff you could do. There were people that went on hikes and, and uh, checked out vendors and speakers and all of that stuff. And uh, basically, I just hung out and drank, which was... Uh, fantastic for me but uh that's about it you know it's just it's great uh to hang out with all these people that you really most of them i never met before some of them obviously i had and you still just have like an instant uh sort of camaraderie because you all sort of have a same philosophical base yeah yeah it really is a lot of fun and it is such a great group of people uh there's really not much to critique beyond uh i think i think my biggest critique had to be the you know the fact that the free state project bowed down and and paid the uh the gang their extraction money and then beyond that the uh whoever it was that was complaining on friday and saturday night because somebody uh apparently the gunstock campground security came over and asked people to quiet down at the sickle cai fun tent thereby reducing the fun quotient uh slightly <laughs> and and whoever it was that was doing the complaining, I think. Well, uh, we I probably, it, it probably would have been better if we had the whole Poplar Plains to ourselves. I was shocked that the entire area yeah, was, was not strange. Free State Project. I'm surprised yeah. it wasn't. I, I don't know for certain it was or wasn't. And if it isn't, it should have been. Well, I know that Jason Osborne from Sekel CAI is looking to remedy all of those problems uh, for next year. Right. So we'll it's see what a, he can, yeah, he can do. Uh, yeah. There were some talks about uh, at the, the sort of planning meeting for next year that they had with everybody on Sunday. You know, trying to find some place that was maybe, uh, you know, more friendly, like a fairground or something like that, that uh, was less sort of a, a family camping atmosphere, yeah. a place that, you know, we could have a party. You know, yeah, a place where you could rent the entire, the the whole place out, where you could just fill it up with uh, with Free State Project people right. and not have to be concerned except, about somebody else being offended or something. Yeah, except for the, uh, you know, for the uh, infrastructure, somebody's private field somewhere would work fantastically. Well, that was another yeah. idea that was floated, and uh, Puke, thanks for the That's call tonight. That's what Yeah, one of the ideas was to take some private property and have the uh, the porcupines go and build the necessary infrastructure for, a, for kind of a campground. Build, like, literally build a bathhouse. Perfect. We know some porcupines and free, uh, free State Project members would be totally down with doing something like that. Anyway, Hour 2 is coming up. You take control. This is Free Talk Live. 
All terms used to describe Dan Carlin earlier in his career. The Angry Young Wolf. You deny others their freedom and they're going to deny you yours. Mussolini on the veranda. I'm a longtime proponent, ladies and gentlemen, that fighting war should be a pain in the ass. A big windbag who just likes to hear himself talk. Let's hook that area on American culture and give those fanatics something to really deal with. You think you're tough? Take on Britney Spears. You think you're tough? Take on MTV. It's Common Sense with Dan Carlin. Get the MP3 or podcast at iTunes or go to dancarlin.com. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show, and you can take control of the airwaves via the toll-free number at 800-259-9231, the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Guard. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. The features there are free, so enjoy those on us. Again, that is freetalklive.com. Here as we launch an hour two. We go right back into your phone calls. Coming up, we've got a chance. We'll tell you about how the government can't even successfully create a simple coupon without effing it all up. Let's go first, though, to Robert in Florida. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Robert. Robert in Hello? Florida. Hello. Hey. You're on the hey. air. What's on your mind? Hey. How's it going? From Tampa. Yes, sir. You guys are on the air here, so awesome. Well, not right now, but uh, anyways, I was calling about last week. You guys had a caller that said uh, um, that what if there were rival communities um, and people were taking things to extremes, like they were mutilating their children and stuff like mm-hmm. that. You remember that? Yeah. Well, you guys didn't come up with a uh, an answer that I thought was pretty something that you guys would normally say. Hey, this is how it would work. Like, uh, well, anyways, the answer is basically, uh, well, people generally want to do business with one another, right? And if they, if you, if there's a rival community doing like uh, really bad things to their children, then uh, people will ostracize them, right? Well, yeah, exactly. They will ostracize them, and they. And it's going to be hard to do business if everybody's thinking that you're a terrible, horrible community. You're mutilating your children and stuff. So ostracism happens figured, in the market every day. And, I just and figured people... uh, the market would keep the equilibrium. It would keep communities from being too extreme. I think so that's an ex- that I think that's it. an excellent point. I think we did point out ostracization certainly at a uh, an individual level, uh, but but certainly uh, ostr- ostracization can go on as wide as uh, is necessary. I think ostracization is uh, a little weak to fall back on personally. Um, Why? It, it, well, if somebody's doing something awful, you've no obligation to sell them. Food you have no or? obligation to absolutely not. Right. And I'll tell you, if I was running a little store, uh, you know, Mark's convenience store, perhaps I wouldn't serve somebody who uh, came in with a swastika tattooed on their forehead. Yeah. However, um, I'm you know I, I think that they can probably go to Walmart and get well, served. This, this and I'm, goes, I'm interested in what Gardner said about uh, ostracization working every day, and I want to hear that. Well, the, I think this this one one issue goes to the very heart of whether people are willing to fully sign on to anarcho-capitalist uh, free market societies, or they are hesitant and they're just one step away from from grabbing the the run, reins on this thing. Um, I believe there are two things. I believe ostracism does work. It will work and has worked in the past, A, in the the marketplace, uh, for companies and business people who uh, have bad reputations. Uh, they will not prosper. They they may be able to eke out existences, but they will not prosper if they don't treat people properly and fairly. Uh, the other The other thing that I would mention is if we think that people can be trusted 
to vote to create a government system that will regulate their parenting as well as their neighbor's parenting of children, then why don't we think that we can trust those people, if they are the majority of the people, to be able to vote for this governmental system, which then will have its own unfortunate feedback loops and corruption and and non-responsiveness? Why can't we allow these people to join up with private community organizations that would do the same thing voluntarily and ostracize those people that might do something else. I fall on the side of allowing people to voluntarily associate if I think that I can trust somebody to vote for a a governmental system that is less open and more insulated to the feedback that they need to have in the marketplace. I think the market would do a better job. You're still going to get a few mistakes, but ostracism, I think, would work just as we've seen in business all over the place. Right. Like uh, one whole community could just say, uh, look, we're not going to do business with that community because we we don't agree with them. And uh, and if they're offering a really good product, then that uh, the bad community will probably change their minds at, at one point eventually, you know, I would guess. Yeah, let's look at it. You know, for businesses, I'm not saying that there's any equivalency here or anything like that uh, between trying to safeguard children and trying to safeguard millions of dollars or whatever. But for a big business... Uh, millions of dollars are extremely important. They go to outside arbiters in many cases that have good reputations. They they handle arbitration outside the government sphere. They do negotiations with businesses. It is essential that they make good, important decisions and proper decisions for their businesses. They they pass or fail based on that. So if if we think that these guys are capable of making these million-dollar decisions every day, billions, trillions of dollars moves around with these types of reputational uh, bases, then why don't we think that parents can uh, and potential parents, married couples, voluntarily married inside their churches, not government, can form private communities that ex- exclude others who don't agree to their rules? Now, there's one caveat here, and, and I brought this up uh, once. I don't know what you guys think about this, but... Uh, let's say you have a pro-life private society, and nearby there is a pro-choice private society. Mm-hmm. Would they feel it incumbent on them to invade the pro-choice private society to defend the people who can't defend themselves? It's a good question. Yeah. Would they? I don't know, because they yeah. they'd end up dying. So you know, how how much is it worth? How right. much is because, their crusade worth? Yeah. Typically, we say, look, private police forces would do a job for people, and uh, and those individuals who formed the private police forces would know that it would be in their best interest not to attack their neighbors because economically they'd be ostracized. But what if they were driven by something else, ideological, religious, something like that? I happen to think we don't see that sort of thing happening very often. When you hear these examples of guys shooting abortion doctors or something, it's so rare that I really think that you would come up with a system where they would leave their neighbors alone and they'd say, you know what? Hopefully they would see the value in that, but I could I could understand that there might be some uh, some people that would get together that would hold that particular viewpoint in such high regard, you know, the anti-abortion viewpoint that that is everything they sort of create their world around, and and they could very well get violent uh, as a result of it. We know that right now they would like to use the violence of the state against those who uh, who seek abortions, so perhaps they would have no objection to uh, to initiating force on those that they disagreed with. It's certainly a possibility. 
reality in the realm of the free marketplace. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they, you know, then at that point, uh, they would have to foot the bill themselves. You know, for any sort of effort that they wanted to get into to control their neighbors, they would be the ones That's that would be paying point. every single dollar, every mm-hmm. single uh, moment along the way. And when they lost their lives, then they would be paying not only in cash, but they'd also be paying the ultimate price to try to force their viewpoint on their neighbors. And another thing about wars, because that's essentially what you're talking about. You're talking about war between communities. Yes. Yeah. Um, you know, wars are very hard to perpetuate in an, in a uh, a society that doesn't have fiat currency. Um, basically, you know, all the vast majority of wars that we've had in the United States have been based on fiat currency, the printing of money by that's government uh, dictate. Not backed up with gold and silver. Our money isn't backed up these days. Which and is why they would lose. That's and why no our one economy's else in the crapper right now because of the Iraq War. This cost more than World War Two. Robert, any other thoughts for us? Uh, no. Just, I love your show. I've been Thanks listening for, the for about two years. Excellent. Thank you for the call tonight. We go to a different Robert. This one's in Canada. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Robert. Hello. Hey, what's on your mind tonight? All right. Well, you guys are kind of talking along the lines I'm, I'm calling about. Um, just general philosophical questions. Uh, for instance, um, you spoke of warring societies or communities. But I don't hear you addressing much um, uh, the question of just downright evil found in, in, in a lot of people. Like, in, even if you don't have competing societies, you'll have individuals that do things not based for pro- like based on profit motives, but simply being evil, like rape, child molestation, uh, yeah. that kind of stuff. So if you have... Well, let's go back to the general mutilation example you gave. Who would enforce the judgment against the parents of the girl, um, uh, should she win some kind of arbitration or some kind of whatever, like public hearing or something? Now, I, I, I think there's some it. problems with this, uh, with with the concept of uh, you know free market courts. But I think that the what you're, the question you're bringing out is is relatively easy. Is um, you know when you bring somebody to uh, arbitration, likely they would be uh, they have to agree to the terms. They, yeah, they would have to agree to the terms and and you know ahead of time. You yeah, know, it'd be so all a priority. If the parents are saying if the parents are operating on some kind of uh, misguided philosophical religious motive. Why would they even agree to the terms? I mean, the moment you knock on their door and say, hey, your children have been complaining about yeah, you, we got to settle up on this matter, they could just take out the guns and start shooting. Now you got to war. Well, then they're dead. See, but this, and this is the one of the things you're, you're skipping over some of the uh, assumptions under this paradigm, which is that individuals would be joining a society based on the rules that would be worked out. Now, it, it would be difficult for us to come up with a whole series of rules, but just like the marketplace comes up with rules for people uh, just on their own accord on, on going to restaurants and eating. Than creating government? No, no. no. There's, there's good it's questions voluntary. here. We'll continue the discussion in moments. 800-259-9231. Also, what would the incentives be for someone to enter into arbitration in a case like that? We'll talk more about that in moments. Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show, and you can take control of the airwaves via the toll-free number at 800-259-9231, the Sickle CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And guard. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. The features there are free, so enjoy those on us. Uh, again, that's freetalklive.com, and those features include the bulletin board system. We've got over 350,000 posts. There's a lot of stuff to talk about, from fun stuff to serious issues. You'll find it all. For free at bbs.freetalklive.com. That's bbs.freetalklive.com. If you don't have a will set up or uh, a living trust, living will, 
you're opening your uh, loved ones up to all kinds of trouble with the government, and you remember the Terry Schiavo thing, and you know uh, what, what was the other? What was the gal with the uh, the that had the reality TV show that recently died, and their, her child? Anna was, Nicole Smith. Yeah, yeah, that was a big mess too. You can go to LegalZoom.com. They do all those things. They do them quite cheaply. You use code FTL to save ten bucks off your order. They're not lawyers there, but they do handle uh, legal documents that, uh, you know, everyday legal documents. That's LegalZoom.com. All right, 800-259-9231. We go back to Robert in Canada talking about free market arbitration as far as a situation where parents might be doing something um, uncalled for to their children and, you know, what could be done in a situation like that. What if uh, those parents, when they are told that they're being uh, invited to arbitration, what if they just say no? What if they don't want to go to arbitration? How would that situation be handled? And it's a good question. And, Gardner, you kind of used the uh, the answer of, well, they would have uh, you know, a pre-existing agreement to be part of society. but it's, uh, Yeah, it has to be a little bit more in-depth than that. See, what, what's happening here, and this, this often happens when you start talking about anarchistic or anarcho-capitalist societies, is uh, once you start posing the idea that people can voluntarily form societies, uh, someone will hear it, and then uh, later on you'll get back to the conversation, and someone will say, well, what if um, one of the members of that society uh, acts in this way and, and doesn't care about arbitration? Well, you know, the ostracism that comes about is a built-in mechanism. And yes, you will have a potential of having some, you know, crazy loons sign on to the voluntary society and then not conform to the rules. But um, those societies that don't have a structure for policing voluntarily, so um, they're not going to survive. Those that operate efficiently with honest people will survive. And, of course, the difference between that and government is it's voluntary. Government is not voluntary. Okay, I got – look, how do you – isn't government basically – if you look at the most abstract definition, isn't it simply the, the entity or the group of people with the most power to project? No. No, it's a group of people that are threatening others in order to get their way. They threaten people with violence. They're pe- men and women that do business at the point of a gun, essentially. But I'd like to, to better answer, in my opinion, uh, a better answer besides just suggesting that there would be you know, these societies that people would voluntarily enter into, because then right. you could still have someone that chose to not enter into any of those societies and was living in a society of one. Right. And you know, the question still remains, and I think, Robert, it was a great question, of you know, what do you do if that person is not responsive to someone saying, I'm taking you to arbitration if they they don't want to go. Well, if you don't want to go to arbitration, then it's clear. It seems pretty clear, right on that, uh, right on the face, that there's something wrong with you. Like you, you can't even. You're so your position is so indefensible that you can't even go to arbitration in order to defend yourself. So you'd immediately have a reputation hit. You would, uh, you would lose reputation because you would not honorably go to arbitration. And reputation would be, uh, I think, a very important factor in everyone's lives in the free market society. Because if you don't have good, if you don't have good reputation then people aren't going to want to do business with you. And so, oh, I, so that, that, I agree with that point. It's just that listening to you for the last little while, and I know you speak about uh, insurance playing such a vital role in a, in a free society, mm. it seems that after some time, give it 50 years, 100 years, 
it's, there's the potential for insurance companies to grow into the role of government, and then people no, complain not about their premiums. That can't as happen. Much, you can't pay too much in premiums. Right. You you can't grow into the role of government. Uh, in order to do that, they would have to stop being a voluntary uh, group, and they would have to start using force on people. So there's no level at which you get so big that you become a government. Right. As long as people are free to take their money elsewhere and patronize the competitor or start their own competition, then you can't possibly have government. McDonald's hasn't not knocked out Burger King, hasn't knocked out Wendy's. And, you know, I'm not trying to be flip on this, but I think you you have posed some very, very good, thoughtful questions. They're really, really essential questions here, and Ian has answered these perfectly, I think. The ostracism that occurs causes, or bad reputations causes people to be ostracized over the years, uh, as long as there is an open marketplace, and of course that's the subtle difference, the, the, the stark difference between government and private marketplace, there is always the possibility for competition, for honest dealers. And if you're finding that the people you've been dealing with for 50, 100 years are starting to not do what you want to do, then then you'll you know you'll turn someplace else and think about how how I'm sorry to I mean I don't want to slight you at all Robert but really the idea that a company that had been serving its customers so well for decades I mean you said like 50 years so imagine that you know you have a company that is offering whatever the product is insurance sure. or protection or whatever you've been offering it on a voluntary basis and you've been satisfying customer after customer after customer satisfied they've been bringing in new customers and your company has been growing and growing and the only way you can grow a company like that without having a government to protect you with with a monopoly barrier, the only way you can grow a company in the free marketplace is to satisfy your customers. So why, after 50 years of satisfying your customers on a voluntary basis, would you all of a sudden decide to start enslaving your customers? I mean, that, 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 that just doesn't follow, dude. Would that be like Pinkertons, for example? They've been around for, what, 100 years or more, and they're still in the business? Yeah, they're, they're also what is uh, Pinkertons. Pinkertons. Um, they, they do protection services. Um, the, the, another thing that that should be pointed out here, and, and I, I'm I'm with you, Robert. I'm I'm a little skeptical of this uh, of what they're what they're talking about. But you'll notice in the free market that choices become more abundant, not fewer. Um, if, for instance, when they came out with cell phones, and it was these arduous, disgusting plans that cost a million dollars, an arm and a leg, and the uh, cell phone itself was like as large as a house. Yeah, mm. and, and all you've seen in that industry is more service and uh, you know more things that customers want. Now you can send videos and um, you can pay you know minute by minute if you want to. You can put it on an anonymous uh, card and all kinds of things. So it, you know free markets provide more options for customers, and I think that that's a protection against these insurance companies growing into governments. And the other question you have to ask yourself is, yeah, the possibility exists that uh, you know these these insurance companies could have wars with each other and grow into go- government and that kind of thing. But how much worse is it than what we have today? Good point. Good point. Yeah. It's just that when I listen to you, I'm I'm right on the brink. I got a large family myself. I have a large sphere of influence and a large association of homeschoolers. Mm-hmm. I'm not kidding. My immediate relations are numbering into you know a couple hundred, and we're at the point of discussing like a total dropout of the system because we see sounds great. The, yeah. Immoral. Like we listen to your free state. Uh, uh, project stuff about New Hampshire. It's New Hampshire, right? Yes. Yeah. 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 yeah and um, and, and I'm right on that threshold of of like going from a a socialist right into an anarchist. Well, That's here's a, a nice here's move. something that might help push you over the edge. 
Go, uh, when you get a chance, go to book.freetalklive.com and download yourself a copy of The Market for Liberty. It's a great book. It was written back in the 70s by Morris and Linda Tannehill. We turned it into an audio book. It's available for free download. If you don't like that idea, you can get a PDF version of it, print it out, or just read it on your computer. Anyway, it's a wonderful book that really outlines a lot of the ideas about how market arbitration can replace the government's so-called justice system and that private uh, you know, market-based protection services can replace the police as well as other free market solutions to the uh, the problems that we have today uh, that were all created by the state. Thank you for the all call right, tonight. We appreciate hearing from you. That's book.freetalklive.com. Grab yourself a copy for free and enjoy, because it is one of, I think, the most important books of my lifetime, at least. You can take control of the airwaves. Bring up whatever's on your mind. This is Free Talk Live. One of the bonuses you'll get as a Free Talk Live amplifier is access to our classic archives. For just $3 a month, you can become an amplifier, and you'll help us get on more radio stations and MP3 players. Get the details at amp.freetalklive.com. That's amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. It is your show. You can bring up what you want via the toll-free number at 800-259-9231, Sickle CAI toll-free line. It is Ian here with you. And guard. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features there are free, so enjoy those on us. Again, that's freetalklive.com. Those features include the Shrine of Female listeners, dozens of ladies who've taken the time to send us their validated photo and prove they listen to the show. Just go to shrine.freetalklive.com and see what it's all about. That's shrine.freetalklive.com as we uh, will continue with your calls here shortly. Just a little bit more discussion about the idea of arbitration and incentives and reputation. You have to imagine for a for a moment, just to go back to what Robert's point was earlier about the issue of, well, you want to take someone to arbitration, but they don't want to go. What do you do in that particular case? Well, certainly no one could be forced to consent to something like that in a voluntary society. However, in a free market world, what you would what you would most likely see is built in incentives in the system, whatever that would be that would be created to incentivize people look, you better go to this arbitration or else this is going to happen. And what I suggested earlier was that their reputation would be damaged. Now, in order to envision reputation, maybe think of like credit scores. Eh, It's not quite a parallel, but it's a similar concept where you've got a credit score based on what you've chosen to do with your money and how you spend it and, you know, whether or not you were honorable and you paid your debts and all that. Mm -hmm. And similarly, the reputation score would say, well, does Gardner Goldsmith hold true to the things that he says? Is he an honorable man? Has he paid the debts that he said he would pay? Has he, you know, come through honorably on the contracts that he has signed? And if it turns out that you haven't done those things very effectively... Your reputation score will not be so great, and then when somebody is looking to do business with you in the future, they know that in order to protect themselves, they need to check out the people they're doing business with to see what their reputation is like. You know, over the weekend, Ian, I was talking to somebody just that point, and uh, we were talking about eBay. eBay and online sellers all over the place have to have that reputation, and you're absolutely right. In a marketplace like that, you would make your riches by having a better reputation and yeah there are all there are always going to be bad actors and some of them are going to try to squeak through but hey look at it let's look at it this way if we can't convince you to come over to the to the free market side of it to the anarcho-capitalist side of it mm-hmm. just compare which one is more insulated to try to get changes done and which one would be less insulated what are we comparing uh government 
would be much more insulated to getting changes done, and the private marketplace is much less insulated because the marketplace needs to have that feedback of people's satisfaction. The government doesn't. Well, I, you know, one thing I know is for certain is the marketplace will provide what people want. Um, and you can believe that one thing that they desperately want is they want justice and protection. Yeah. They, um, and, you know, are, are we getting it with the current society? Well, you know, Not really. some, somewhere near half the murderers go unsolved. I think um, it's more than that. It's more like 80%. And um, whatever the number, it's unacceptable, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, and but man, they're good at catching those speeders. You know, when you do get something <laughs> stolen from you, it's rare that the cops return that thing to right. you, it, and certainly not in the, the, the you know in intact. And when it when the guy finally goes to uh, court for it, likely the only thing that happens to him is he goes to jail. He mm-hmm. doesn't uh, doesn't have to pay you know, back. There's no restitution. Uh, you know, so we have a very inefficient system for making people whole currently. Yeah. I don't know how the marketplace place would solve it, and um, you know, like it likely it would feel very much like the laws we have today that you absolutely positively can't go around murdering somebody and if you do the the hammer of justice will fall on you and and the likely instant justice if right. you keep doing it and yeah. and uh, the the uh, the justice that you get will be extraordinarily unpleasant for you um, you know, in in the the olden times when we didn't have uh, we didn't have the wealth in society to be able to incarcerate people for crimes that they committed, so that everybody had to pay in order to keep them in a a cell for God knows how long. You know, they 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 gave up a great deal of their wealth. You know, there's something called virgild. Um, you know, in the um, some old systems, and and you know, in the Old Testament, you had to you, you had to pay for the uh, you know the you had to support the widow and children of some guy that you killed accidentally or on mm-hmm. purpose or whatever. So uh, societies often had things like that, and I think that we have a very inefficient system with uh, incarceration, where convicts you know they, they don't work that much. Uh, having been in prison, I'm telling you that, that inmates don't work that much. Um, and, you know, their, their labor's lost in, in this bureaucratic sort of counting of, of, of bodies, warehousing of bodies. Things would be very different in a world with arbitration, in a world with reputation ratings, to where people would want to keep their reputation good because they would understand that the consequences would be that they may not be able to find a decent apartment to rent. They may not be able to find a decent job. They may not be able to have, you know, very many friends if they don't have a good reputation. So it would completely change the incentives. Uh, and so if somebody who, if somebody comes to you and says, I'm taking you to arbitration, of course you want to go to arbitration, especially if you're innocent, because you should be able to easily prove that, and you should go to arbitration even if you're guilty, because then at least you're trying to be honorable and, and looking forward to, to making good on the wrong that you did, thereby uh, possibly re- at least retaining some of your reputation and not losing as much as you might, because certainly in a free market society, there would be companies that would make it their business, or, or private charities or whatever, to, to help um, help people you know, bounce back and, and get a good reputation again. You know, Ian, I think one of the best examples of it is private banking versus government banking. You know, everybody looks at a, some sort of sound currency as one of the most important things that you could possibly have for society to flourish. The society, of course, understood by the Enlightenment thinkers as being that which we create ourselves through voluntary association as opposed mm-hmm. to government. So... Uh, we have to have that, and of course, the Founding Fathers made the mistake to put it in the hands of the government. And what have we seen? If we had private banks, what would we see? 
private banks have an incentive to be transparent, to show people what they have in stock if they're issuing currency, to make sure that it's redeemable if they're issuing it on fractional reserve, make yeah. sure it's redeemable up to a certain point. All of those things, they have to be open. What, you know, what more important thing for the flourishing of society can you ask for than a stable currency that people can trade amongst themselves? You don't need government to do it. You can do it privately because those people who do it privately have that incentive to make sure they're open. And they can be big, big banks. But the minute they start messing up, people are going to say, I'm not going to work with them anymore. Exactly. And that totally changes everything. Let's continue with your phone calls and talk to Gene, the Christian anarchist in Tennessee, on the amp line. Hello, Gene. Hi, guys. Hey, what's on your mind tonight? I want to share with you guys my master conspiracy theory, the mother of all conspiracy theories. All right. First, I'm going to answer your inevitable question as to why we should care. Okay. Because I know that's I know it's coming. So I'll answer it ahead. It of time. depends on the conspiracy why, theory. Some are relevant. Why we, yeah, why we should why we should care is because we need to know the enemy's tactics, and this is something that's been handed down through generations. Uh, you look in the, the writings of Solomon. You look in the writings of the Chinese uh, uh, warrior Sun Tzu. You look in all those wire uh, writings. They've always said that in order to defeat your enemy, you have to know your enemy. Yes. So that's the only reason that you want to research conspiracy theories and figure out what the enemy is up to. Now, my mother of all conspiracy theories is, as I've said in the past a couple times, the truth lies somewhere in the middle. It's not all the way to the extreme uh, extreme theory. It's not all the way to the other side that there's no such thing as conspiracy theory. Mm -hmm. It lies somewhere in the middle. Now, if I am... Uh, one of, say, a hundred elite people who are involved in trying to get my uh, influence passed throughout the world and, and to try to gain more money and power by doing so, one of the tactics I'm going to use is I'm going to send agents in to the conspiracy crowd and make them look like wackos by just going way off to the edge. Okay, you know? interesting. So, yeah, so, that, so all these guys that are saying, well, we got space beams and... Uh, you know, holograms in the sky and stuff like that, and, you know, and it's possible that things like that could exist, but it's very unlikely. All right. So you've got, you've got the enemy, say the CIA, uh, that would send agents in to disrupt the uh, conspiracy theories because they don't want the real conspiracy theories to get out, so they disrupt it by throwing in throwing a wrench in the work. So you're saying the mother of all conspiracy theories is the infiltration model of uh, conspiracy theories? Infiltration of the conspiracy crowd to make them look like they don't know what they're talking about, of course. They've done a fine, fine job of that. Let me tell you, Gene, I know you might have more. Hang on. 800-259-9231. I thought he was going to say the Federal Reserve as the mother of all conspiracies, because that one's pretty big. Yeah. I have to disagree with him. I think the Fed. More coming up. Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show. You can bring up anything via the toll-free number at 800-259-9231. The SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And guard. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features there are free, so enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. You like the show, want to help support Free Talk Live, then AMP. Become a Free Talk Live amplifier at amp.freetalklive.com for as little as 3 bucks a month. 
It's money that we take into the program and reinvest. We, uh, we, for instance, get on more radio stations around the country, also around the world, uh, now on in Tobago and Trinidad, as we understand it. And uh, so, so it's money that helps us spread the message via the radio. It also helps us talk about liberty and freedom on the Internet, get more Internet listeners on board, and do some other neat stuff. You can see what we're doing with the money at amp.freetalklive.com and get signed up to get perks like access to the amp-only call-in lines, chat room, forum, and more. All the details at amp. Dot freetalklive.com. Speaking of the AMP call-in lines, we go back to Gene, the Christian anarchist. You're back on Free Talk Live, and Gene, you said the, the, the world's largest conspiracy is that the conspiracy theorists themselves have been infiltrated. Yes, and it, the way it works is, and I'm sure this is the way it is, but I have no proof, so you're going to have to you know take it with a grain of salt. But, of course, there's only a few people in on the main conspiracy, but then what they will do is... You know, not everyone, for instance, in the Bilderberg group is in on the conspiracy, but they use the Bilderberg group and Skull and Bones and these other organizations to recruit members into their elite crowd. So they will use those groups and the, uh, the people at the So you're saying that the Bilderberg isn't even the, the highest of the hierarchy. You're saying there's some sort of ultra-secretive group that recruits from those groups. Of course. I mean, there, there can only be a small number of people in on it because, like you say, if there's too many people in on it, they're going to be uh, exposed. But the way they would, say, uh, infiltrate the conspiracy crowd is even the people that are infiltrating the conspiracy crowd may not know what they're doing. They're simply being funded by a friend of a Bilderberg member or maybe a low-ranking Bilderberg member will We'll find some guy who's got a really wacky theory and say, yeah, yeah, you know, I really encourage you to put that out, and I'll even mm. give you some money to do it. Yeah. So the people themselves don't even have to know what's going on. Gene, uh, now, the, we, we, know, we both know that the marketplace abhors a vacuum, and it would seem to me that if there's a Bilderberg uh, group that's uh, attempting to control the world, and to some extent being successful, um, then... There would be, you know, the vacuum would be that there, there is another group out there to compete, or more, one or more groups out there to compete with the Bilderberg group. And, you know, let's say the Bilderberg group is uh, the Jewish, cons- uh, you know, people that want to control the world. Wouldn't there be, you know, white, regular uh, wasps that want to control the world? Wouldn't there be, you know, Asians that want to control the world? Where, where is the African alliance that wants to control the world? Maybe they would be split up on, you know, different, uh, you know, different planes, uh, you know, maybe. It wouldn't be race or uh, geography that would split them up, but who knows? Uh, what do you? What kind of explanation do you have for that? Well, it's human nature. You're going to have factions that are going to be fighting in some, amongst each other. You're going to have people struggling to take control. You're going to have people stabbing each other in the back. This is all human nature. You can read it throughout history. So yes, of course, all those things are true. You're going to have them doing that. So it's whoever has got the most power at the moment, the, the one who's uh, taken the reins, so to speak, from someone else. and uh, But, the, you know, I, I'd say that from what I've seen in my lifetime, there is no doubt that, that there are conspiracy theories, and they do try to, for instance, uh, t- steal the money from the middle class. And Ron Paul talks about how the, uh, the Federal Reserve is, is responsible for stealing the money from yeah, the I would class. say that, well, they steal money from everybody. They steal money from anybody that's got Federal Reserve notes in their pocket. And uh, I, I would think that would be the, the world's largest conspiracy myself. And, Gene, thanks for the call tonight. We certainly appreciate hearing from you. Kind of an indictment uh, against the movement of the conspiracy theorists. And not that there is any sort of official movement out there, but 
but to suggest that there's this infiltration going on, which I agree. I mean, certainly it makes sense. Uh, we know the Libertarian Party was infiltrated by uh, people that wanted to take it over. Yeah. Uh, so why wouldn't the conspiracy movement be infiltrated by right. you know, I, people uh, touting misinformation? I don't doubt for a second. I, I believe conspiracies occur. I mean, they're obvious. They they, they occur all over. Um, it's the uh, it, it's the subset of conspiracies that I would put under the crackpot conspiracy theory label that, that they're controlling the weather the alien you know the, the, the aliens men. uh are you know in our government trying to yeah. take try and take over you know those kind of things they're they're somewhere between uh you know the easter bunny and santa claus well as <laughs> if the conspiracy crowd wasn't paranoid enough bigfoot is real though right as if the conspiracy crowd wasn't paranoid enough this uh, from what Gene is saying, actually gives them something to be even more paranoid about. And we'd actually seen some of this in the conspiracy crowd where they get the idea in their head that one of their fellow conspira- uh, conspiracy nuts is actually an infiltrator, actually some sort of CIA plant. And then what you end up getting is you end up getting this uh, finger pointing within the conspiracy movement. So, for instance, there are these uh, radio shows out there that are like all conspiracy all the time, just you know every every nut job conspiracy you, uh, conspiracy you can imagine. The marketplace abhors a vacuum, and so of course there needs to be a radio, radio show to fill that. And some people in the conspiracy movement have taken to accusing their radio show hosts of being CIA plants, and it just never ends. I mean, you can always accuse somebody else of being a CIA plant without having any sort of evidence, and so as a result of that, they just end up pointing their fingers at one another. And where does that get anybody? It doesn't get anyone anywhere. Not yeah. that the conspiracy movement's going anywhere. Anyway, it's just uh, it's all a, a colossal waste of time uh, to me. Though I don't want to deny that there are conspiracies. It's it's so hard to draw a line as to where you think that the uh, the you know the real conspiracies end and the fantasy world begins. I mean, it's easy for us to say, okay, lizard men, that's nonsense. Federal Reserve, that's the real deal. I mean, there's real solid ez- evidence there. But in between those two extremes, there are all kinds of different conspiracies. You know, everything from JFK to the 9-11 thing. And the real thing, the, the issue for me is the amount of, uh, of time that people yes. spend on this. Yeah. They spend so much of their free time doing their research on these conspiracy theories. And... It doesn't amount to anything. And, you know, you know. also, Ian, I think sometimes even people who believe in conspiracy theories, let's say, you know, the 9-11 truthers or things like that, uh, they might have some evidence that is on their side. Where does it get them ideologically? Some people, they'll say, I'm against the government, therefore. Are you against the government that is in charge or are you against government on principle? Do you understand Usually the dynamics? Usually it's the former. Yeah, and right. so as spending, evidenced by Rosie O'Donnell and many Democrats that are on board with the, uh, with the 9/11 conspiracy right. theory, and the 9 and the conspiracy theorists will take you know recruits from wherever they can get them. But however, yep. I think you know what you've got here as far as recruits are, are you know they're they're bad apples. Right, as all they're going to try to do is put Clinton, um, you know Clinton-esque type uh, you know operators back in the government, and then you're going to have Ruby Ridge and Waco again. Well, yeah. a lot of the people in the conspiracy crowd believe in the concept of government. They believe that. Uh, well, these government people are evil, but if we just elect Ron Paul or you know somebody else, that then we'll have good government. And they believe that they believe in the concept of government to the point where they believe it's just a matter of putting the right people in the right places. Right. I think we'd right. have a lot That's better government if we put Ron Paul in place. It would still it, um, it would still hurt people, Mark. And and I understand that you might point you might point out that it would hurt less people less often. Pure. That may be the case, uh, but that still doesn't mean it's good. 
it can never be good. Government, by its nature, cannot be good. Well, and it's on, a fallacy be, be, that before the, you go on, um, using your uh, your reasoning here, suppose that a no government scenario, free market, uh, you know, uh, anarcho-capitalism or whatever terminology, voluntarism. Suppose that system came in place and, and it was voluntary and people got to choose the sort of self-government, uh, you know, uh, organizations that they wanted, but more people were hurt by the system. Would it then be more evil than, a, say, a Ron Paul small government? Can you gov- give me an example Republican? of how that would be? No. I'm how could more people well, get I mean, that, in a free market That goes back to David Hume's utilitarian idea. Uh, David Hume, you know, the greatest good for the greatest number. Um, unfortunately, he didn't really institute enough protections of individual liberty there. The whole utilitarian argument sort of falls falls apart in a way. Uh, if, if people are voluntary, you could have a voluntary society, I, I argued with a friend of mine, of masochists who will live on an island and will have no protections whatsoever. Uh, If they are all voluntarily involved in this, then no problem. You know, if they're all going to kill each other, I'm not involved. I have no problem with that. Uh, You could have a potential situation of voluntary society where children have problems. But again, I think relying on human nature, you're not going to see that. Uh, yeah, if, your example, it, you know, I called it ludicrous because you well, can't come no, up with a real ludic- example. It's not ludicrous. You can't even begin to hypothesize about it. Let me it. hypothesize for Go you. Go ahead. Uh, how about personal liberties? Personal liberties, uh, say, you know, making it my, me making it difficult for a policing organization to search my home for evidence, um, and you know, a, a situation where uh, you know, a society grows into something like female circumcision, where it it hurts children. You, you don't. You just. I mean, male circumcision is currently the norm. You know, the, yeah, the, the, there's the, there's scenarios here where absolutely a free market system could possibly hurt more people. No, it's not possible because everyone is victimized by government. Everyone is you victimized look by the state. For one, yeah, oh, you have to give I, me a I, good understand. example. I'm talking about physical and uh, you know quantifiable harm. Not you, uh, everybody has to do with more the state coming says up. Is you harm. can take control. Bring up anything. You'll have to explain yourself better in moments. It's free talk live. I'm explaining myself just fine. Thanks. Our archives, website, and podcast will continue to stay free. But if you think other people deserve to hear this show. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month at amp.freetalklive.com. Help free some minds. Visit amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. It is your show, and you can take control of the airwaves via the toll-free number at 800-259-9231. SACL CAI toll-free line as we launch in hour number three of the program. It is Ian here with you. And Guard. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features there are free, so enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. Before we continue here with your calls, I want to give Mark a chance to recap the point he was making a few moments ago where you had suggested, perhaps I'm, if I'm misunderstanding, please correct me, but oh, I, I believe you suggested that you believe there could be a situation in the free market world where people uh, decide to become sadistic or malicious toward one another and as a result of some sort of mass acceptance of sadism or whatever that uh, you mean people... like slavery or male circumcision? Whatever uh, that that people would then um, be subject to more harm in the propo- your proposed free market society. I'm only asking you a question. Then they I are... asked you the question: If the free market society 
you know, made, uh, you know, was was more violent and hurt more people than, say, a, a limited republic like you were disparaging that Ron Paul would put together. You were disparaging that and, you know, saying that it would hurt people and it would hurt fewer people than we have, uh, you know, the currently the government in today. And I'm asking you that and I can't come up with all the answers because the free market is infinite and, and, and all knowing and and it, it's difficult to know where it would go. Right. Isn't that so, Ian? I mean, it's it's impossible to predict where the free market marketplace. Right. So, uh, if the free market did in fact come up with a system that caused more harm to more people than a limited republic of can you give me an idea of what you mean by that? Like you say, it's coming up with a system that causes harm. What do you mean by that? Well, we have a system today that causes harm through involuntary government. Yeah. I, I don't know. I don't know. I can't I think, tell you what it would do. The, but I've given you a couple examples there, like chattel slavery and um, you know circumcision, where society accepted harm uh, to other individuals as you know every day and wrote. And I don't think you're going to be able to do away with ever the pervasive morality of humans in a given culture. Uh, you know, implementing that pervasive morality on other humans. I don't think that's possible. So let me see if I'm understanding what you're saying. You're saying that you believe that at some point in the future, slavery could come back? No, I am not saying that. You're saying I'm that... I'm asking you a question. If Because slavery, slavery was usually backed up by governments, right? Uh, yes, in most cases, it was. Uh, they were considered property, and they had property rights and claims. And so your course, concern is that female circumcision may all of a sudden catch fire in the the free market uh, environment. Is that what you're saying? Like everybody you're not would proposing want to doing away it? with government. You're proposing doing away with uh, involuntary authoritarian models of government. Is that not well, correct? I'm, I'm, I, yes, I propose getting rid of the authoritarian model of government and switching to a self-government model where you control yourself and you decide for yourself. And also, you would choose what the governing organizations that would protect you and rule over you. I wouldn't call extent. those. Uh, no. Well, if you wanted to be Go- governed, I said you could choose that. Organizations. If you wanted to be governed, you could choose that. Sure, you could choose that. And I you, would not. You wouldn't get. You wouldn't hire protection services. Well, there's a difference between hiring a protection service and hiring someone to govern you. That's to govern the, means that's to the control. Vast majority, that's the, the the reason the vast majority of people, uh, you know, like the government, uh, you know, believe that the government is indispensable is because they want their own protection. So I understand the uh, the the service quote-unquote, service that the government offers is protection. So, you could. it seems to me that you could extrapolate from that calling an insurance company that would pr- provide you no, with protection you couldn't, services because governments governing organization. Inside of that um, contract that you would contract with this insurance uh, company, there would probably be limits on your behavior. Is that That's not correct? possible. Okay, now that would be... A governing document because okay. you have limited. Which you'd your, be consenting to. Right, you would. Yeah. You'd be consenting to this governing document. Okay. So therefore, they'd be voluntary, voluntary government organizations. Mm-hmm. My point is still undiminished. If these voluntary orga- governing organizations that you know were in the future created more harm to pe- more people than a, a small limited republic. Would they be acceptable to you simply well, because everyone would be consenting to it, right? You're saying that everyone would be consenting to that. Well, yeah, I, See, I, I, I think to the, some the extent premise. or another, you're, you're not consenting. Like, for instance, when it comes down to cell phones, am I consenting to the uh, cell phone company's uh, you know, list of demands the, that I deal with? Yes. Well, there's most, mostly, but if I want a cell phone, then 
um, you know, I have to to acquiesce to these demands. Now, there are different companies have different demands, but they're largely very it's similar. Everything you and don't if have I to want sign protection, on. if I don't want to be overrun by somebody who sees me as a, a target because I don't have a governing organization that protects me, then am I volunteer? But, but am see, I volunteering? Mark, the premise of your question, which is, what if you had a non-government societal free market society that actually hurt more people? than a, say, Republican-type government, uh, by, by the assumption of your question, if that many people are being harmed, and I'm, I'm not saying the vast majority of them, but you're just saying more are being harmed, then it's very likely that in the marketplace it would be changed because okay. no one would want to work with that That's not the question. He's and saying I people agree. would be sickos. I think you're largely, saying people would turn into sickos, You're right? correct. However... That's not the question. The question is, if that were not so, but see, and what I'm saying is the premises, the premises, the premises of the premise of your question with the if, the hypothetical if, is a very difficult one to to grasp onto because human nature is such as that they wouldn't accept the if. Well, the answer to the question for both of you guys, and I know that you're thoroughly entrenched in your um, um, in where you are. The answer to the question is no. It would be unacceptable. Can you prove that that would ever happen? That's the answer. To you the mean question. that that people would over right. people no, would change? No, I don't believe that's that. po- no. It would not be acceptable. However, I don't believe that that's possible in a voluntary. Uh, well, you know, government. we were talking about off the air a little bit. You know, this Larry Niven thing in his End Space collection about why he's not a libertarian, and he tries to draw in a society that is a voluntary society that is so stringent and so uh, re- um, repressive mm-hmm. because everyone wants security that you can virtually do nothing in that society. And while it's a very interesting postulate for maybe a comedy or a, you know a dark comedy or something like that it's removed from an, an analysis and an understanding of human nature which is that human nature doesn't accept this sort of thing and since humans involved with each other as von Mises said come up with answers to all sorts of things that we can never predict uh, the idea and of course we can always do the fallback to well it's always going to be better than government the idea that let's say hypothetically some societal some societally accepted more or norm like uh, female castration is is applied there it's possible that that could happen but i think looking at human nature now you're not going to have voluntary societies that will harm more people than government right that's not where that's not where i think that voluntary societies would have their biggest problem i think that the biggest problem with voluntary societies would likely be um Govern, foreign governments that wish to take them back over, and I think that that's probably. I don't think that'd be a problem at all. That's what you believe. That's fine. I think that I believe that, and uh, you know. So there you go. Um, well, we're however, wide open I, to attack right make, now. The point, the just point, so you know, what's that? We're wide open to attack right now. If a foreign government wanted to come here and take over, it'd be pretty easy for okay. them because the military is spread all around the world. We still have some uh, National Guard units uh, yeah. at home, um, and, and our National Guard units are still bigger than Canada's. You know, and Mexico, and, and those are the, the countries you have to worry about because it's impossible to invade somebody and, uh, of, you know, with any size. Sure, I know, I know where you're coming from anyway. on that, but if you're talking about taking a you know, professional military that's uh, trained versus the, you know, the week, one weekend a month boys, uh, you know, it'd be an interesting fight. I think right now we're pretty wide open there. About your Larry Niven uh, book, Gardner, it, you know, 
I think it's interesting to look at uh, fiction authors speculate on uh, you know particular things like for for instance the jungle by Sinclair Lewis sure. and yeah. uh, you know uh, George Orwell's 1984. It's a similar exercise is what you're doing you know hy- right. hypothesis and say okay you know what if what if this happened or what if that it can happened. be slightly enlightening yeah. I just don't think that people should put a lot of uh, for instance I remember being in a church youth group talking to uh, you know we were talking in a uh, circle and somebody made the statement that uh, the animal farm proved that communism couldn't work. And I think that people think that, that the jungle proves that laissez-faire capitalism doesn't work. (laughs) And no, fiction books written by one man one time in history do not prove anything. I think they're interesting, perhaps enlightening, but, you know, that's where they end. 800-259-9231. 800-259-9231. Is it possible that people could become sick and, you know, weird in a free market world uh, more so than they are today? I suppose it's possible, but that wouldn't be a free market society I would want to live in, and I don't know anybody else who would either. So you can take control of the airwaves and bring up whatever it is that you want. 800-259-9231. This is Free Talk Live. Free Talk Live, it's your show. You can take control of the airwaves via the toll-free number at 800-259-9231, the Sickle CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Guard. And, and Mark. Yeah, oh, well, yeah, 800-259-9231. I could remember my name. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. The features there are free, so enjoy those on us. And those features include the archive. So if you missed a moment of the show, just click and download right there on the front page of the website at freetalklive.com. <laughs> Do you want to easily update the look of those old cabinets or that old set of drawers? Well, innerknobs.com offers a wide variety of knobs and pulls for every taste and budget. Save 10% on your order by using the code FTL at checkout. That's innerknobs.com, I-N-T-E-R-K-N-O-B-S dot you know, you can save a lot of money just by planning ahead a little bit as far as knobs, poles, faucets, sinks go with internobs.com. And the delivery, fast as it could be. I think I'm going to have, uh, it's going to be just a few days between, I, I've just placed my order. Took a while for my wife to decide exactly <laughs> what she wanted. We've got a baby, you know, and there's been traveling and stuff. So, um, you know, and, and it's, I just placed a day, and he said that uh, at the latest I could expect to have it uh, next Monday. Let's continue with your phone calls about what you want and talk to Matt in Illinois on the amp line. Hello, Matt. Good evening, gentlemen. Hey, what's on your mind tonight? Well, first off, I want to say that I agree with Gene, the Christian anarchist, that there are people that infiltrate the uh, conspiracy theory groups. Okay. Um, I don't think that was too hard to figure out. I don't think that's a really... The conspiracy. You can also see how the media uh, kind of pushes them away, too. Um, but what I wanted to ask, I wanted to ask Guard a question. Okay. Uh, Guard, you used to write for um, Star Trek? Yeah, I was uh, what they called a Writer's Guild Fellow at Star Trek Voyager. What's oh, Voyager. that mean? Okay. Oh, so that's the Writers Guild West. It's a special slot they make for you to to be in the uh, to be part of the part of the staff. That's that's what I was going to ask. Is what show? Because uh, if you had been for uh, Gen Two, uh, and you were talking about uh, money, and they won't let you write things about money, I was going to ask if the Ferengi were your idea. 
Oh, no, no. But uh, the Deep Space Nine people worked right upstairs. And uh, Ira Bear, who's a hardcore lefty, uh, great guy, though. Uh, he was, he, I, you know, he brought in the Ferengi and it was a, a terrific idea. But the Ferengi, I didn't have uh, have an opportunity to utilize the Ferengi on uh, on Voyager because they were, of course, uh, a totally separate area of space. But, yeah, the Ferengi were the money guys and they always were, they were you know, making deals and doing all sorts of crazy stuff. It would have been fun to write some stories with those guys. Yeah, well, they seem to be portrayed kind of as uh, little toads, though, who would sell their mothers for a bar of latinum. Yeah, yeah. You right. know, you got that impression also with that. Uh, you, you also got that impression in Star Wars with the uh, and I don't remember what the race is, but the uh, the, the little guy that owned uh, Anakin Skywalker when he was a when when he was a slave. Do you remember the little guy? I with don't the, remember. With, oh yeah, first, yeah, the yeah. The little guy. Yeah. Waddle. And he flew around. Or yeah, something. he had a little yeah. beak yeah. and he flew around. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, uh, you know the, the 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 utopian idea in Star Trek is 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 not obviously it's not workable and it's really based on sort of a fascistic idea. But in Deep Space Nine, they they try to do a little something different and make it more realistic. And uh, unfortunately, the Ferengi were depicted as you know the classic capitalist pigs, that sort of thing. It would have been fun to try to rework their image a little bit. Right, that's what I, I was going to ask you. What what your uh, if you had been involved in writing that, what your uh, ideas as to how they would. That's a, it's a very large, very large question, but uh, I think you can tell I would have uh, headed much more towards the anarchist side. And, you know, the, the the thing that crops up is let's say you write an episode where the Ferengi's skills with money and capitalism and things like that. Uh, could you really do an episode where the Deep Space Nine people are, are helped because of a reliance on capitalism? Uh, yeah, you could, but would you want to use the Ferengi? Because for years they've been seen as sort of corrupt and, and mm. you know that sort of thing. I don't think they're good examples of capitalism myself, and I think unfortunately uh, for the first few years of the program they were sort of depicted as you know the classic capitalist type people who are out there. I think you'd probably have to start from square one and have another alien race that was dealing well, with the Ferengi. They're, they're also yeah. hucksters that will yeah. lie, and the marketplace uh, really the marketplace doesn't doesn't accept lies. No, and that's that's one of the things. If you could bring in another race that was actually doing better than than the Ferengi and could teach them a lesson, that would be really cool. Interesting points, Matt. Thanks for your call tonight. 800-259-9231. We go to John in North Carolina. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, John. Hi. Hey, what's on your mind? Uh, I was wondering, like, like in a total free market society, what's to stop large companies like Walmart from abusing their workers? And how... Like, the competition. The workers- Before you go on, the competition in that you could go and get a job somewhere else. Right. If Walmart said, no water for anyone the entire time they work, they can't drink, no, no <laughs> potty breaks, um, and, and you must mop the floor with your, with your tongue. Okay, if they said those rules, and that sounds, like, that sounds like exploitation, doesn't it, to you? Yeah, it's pretty awful. But oh, wait, wait, wait. No, but. Wait, wait. Yeah, does that sound like exploitation to you? Yes. Okay, great. Then Target could say, all right, we'll give you water, and you may use the bathroom one time, and we'll give you mops. And then all the Walmart employees, or at least the vast majority of the Walmart employees, would go to Target until Target was, uh, you know, didn't need any employees. And then somebody else would say, holy crap, that worked. We'll let our employees use the bathroom. It's brilliant. But the workers, aren't they contracted to work for Con- a certain company? Contracted to work well, for a certain company? Are you contracted to work for your company? Do you have a job? No. Okay. 
Well, there are contracts. I there mean, there it, are con- contracts if you are in Major League Baseball or you are a particularly some talk good show salesman, host, for instance. Yeah. yeah, but you know things like that. But you know, most people but aren't contracted to work. If they, you're a good salesman, though, Mark, and you're under a contract. It's not contracted that you show up and you have to come to work. You can always break the contract, and then at that point, you know, you may have a non-compete clause to where you can't go across town that day. But if you get tired of what's going on at your workplace, there's, I mean, there's no contract that compels you to show up at 8 a.m. the next morning. But my real question was, how would the workers voice their complaints? You'd go to management and you'd tell them that, hey, this is not right. You need to change this or I'm leaving. And if the management doesn't change it, then you leave. Right, but not all workers would do that. Not the all ones of them that would. had a head on their shoulders would, and the rest of them. Some could... of them would just leave because, believe me, if if you didn't give people bathroom breaks and you didn't let them have water and you d- you made them mop the floor with the, their tongues, they absolutely would leave. They'd say, "Oh no, I'm not mopping the floor with my tongue," or they'd say, "Okay, um, I've mopped the floor with my tongue every day for the last two years. I'm I not doing raise. it today, yeah. or whatever." So they, you know, that's how the marketplace works, and it's it's very realistic. Lo- um, workers can't be exploited in the marketplace because it's supply and demand. Right, because you, you can you always go are out. You the sole provider. You have a monopoly on your own labor. You can always go out and create a competing business. Uh, you can always go out in the free marketplace. If you don't like the way one business is doing their business, whether it be how they're servicing their customers or how they're treating their employees or whatever it is your critique is, you can go and you can compete with those people. Or you can find a competitor and support them with your business or your employee hours. Does that make sense? Yes. And will there be, like, free market investigation companies to investigate the treatment of workers? Well, we already have private investigators today, um, so certainly if you felt like something like that was necessary, there would be no one stopping you from creating such an organization and reporting it far and wide. If you've discovered a company that was abusing people, whether it be customers or employees, you could create some sort of organization to publicize that. And and thank you for the call tonight. We certainly appreciate it. In fact, I think that what you'd see more of in a free market world, as far as news reporting is concerned, is exactly stuff like that, because the news wouldn't be able to talk about government anymore. What else would they talk about? Well, companies would be one thing. More coming up. This is Free Talk Live. With your help, we can spread the message of liberty around the world. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month now at amp.freetalklive.com. If you can't afford it, keep enjoying us for free. If you can spare the three, visit amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves toll-free at 800-259-9231. Sickle CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And guard. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features there are free, so enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com, and those features include the wiki, 1,700-plus pages Created by listeners like you. You can go and edit virtually anything you see there at wiki.freetalklive.com, wiki.freetalklive.com. And do you have a company that needs to try something new in the area of collections? Well, SACL CAI does collections early out billing, and they purchase charged-off receivables. SACL's employees are trained in resolving issues for your customers and treating them with respect. They know that not only do you want to collect your money, but you want to keep your clients, too. SACL CAI. Check out their banner at freetalklive.com and do business with businesses that support Free Talk Live. That's SACL CAI. As we continue with your calls here, 800-259-9231, we go to Ben in Pennsylvania. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Ben. Hello. Um, yeah, someone made the comment that uh, 
in a anarchist society that there might not there might be sadists or whatever who might if they're the majority of the population. But um if you're living in like a totalitarian society and the majority of the people believe that you have to stone someone every day or every like year to atone for sins, mm-hmm. then people are gonna people are gonna get sent to death. And if you lived in an anarchist society and people still believe that some people would get sent to death. So even at the worst possible circumstances, it wouldn't be any worse than living in a state. Okay, that's a good point, mm-hmm. though. I mean, if if you're living in that sort of a place, then you would never get those people to understand or possibly even consent to leave the uh, the totalitarian society. But I, I certainly see where you're coming from, and it's... Yeah, yeah, like the lottery. And then someone else brought up the point, what would happen if someone murdered someone, and how could they force them to go to arbitration? Well, uh, basically what would happen is the private defense agency would say to that person, well, either you show up for arbitration or we're going to drop you from our services. And then since no other private company is going to want the reputation for harboring people who murder other people, uh, the other private defense agencies might put out a warrant to all the bounty hunters for, uh, they'll say, they might say, this private defense agency has dropped you from their service, therefore we're Anyone who catches him will get $10,000 if he's alive or $5,000 if he's dead. So, therefore, you'd be... Um, Since they uh, wouldn't be under the services and the protection of a uh, one of these uh, insurance organizations, or uh, you know, D- DROs, we've called them in the past, then they would be liable for any kind of uh, warrant, mo- you know, reward money that somebody might put out for them. Yeah, exactly. Without protection, I mean... That's what makes it anarchy. You wouldn't necessarily have to have protection, but it would greatly behoove you to have protection because it would come in handy. So even if you were guilty of murdering someone, I think they would still want to go to arbitration where they would at least have a chance to fight with words to prove their innocence rather than having some sniper sitting in their neighbor's lawn waiting to take them out as soon as they go to get in their car to leave. Well, you know, the sniper probably wouldn't take them out as much as, uh, you know, some or- some organization with, uh, you know, a lot of big guys in body armor would just come in and snatch him out of their well, yeah, they, they In the same way that Ed Brown um, was prepared, he was bristling with guns waiting for the feds to come get him, but it didn't take that much to to bring him down nonviolently. I didn't actually hear how that happened, how that played out. They uh, they they put in a uh, you know a, a spy, plant. a plant. Um, a guy came in, you know, was introduced through another guy, and you know appeared to be a uh, you know the Patriots sort, uh, you know, gun toting, uh, you know, Second Amendmenter kind of guy. Yeah, they were having pizza. Managed to get close and when it happened. Uh, yeah, he whipped out a gun and uh, held it on him, and you know, one guy with a gun beats uh, you know uh, pointing it at you beats the hell of, hell of a lot out of three guys with guns in their holsters. Any other thoughts, Ben? Okay. Oh, that's it. Thanks for the call. We appreciate hearing from you. 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. And again, you know, all these ideas about how things would exactly flesh out in the uh, the free market situation, it's all speculation on our parts. A lot of them are great ideas. Uh, but would it work out exactly that way? Hard to say exactly how it would work because we aren't the ones that are going to be in search of a profit coming up with the real innovative ways to help keep people safe without the uh, the use of the uh, the government system that we have, which, by the way, doesn't really do much to keep people safe. It's more of an illusion than anything else. The reason why we have such a safe world to live in, the reason why we live in such relative safety with one another is because of human nature. It's in our best interest to treat 
our neighbors with respect and to not harm them because we understand that by initiating that violence, inevitably someone is going to probably retaliate with violence against us, yeah. thereby resort, uh, you know, resulting in our uh, demise or our harm, uh, you know, harm being brought to us. And no, no one who's sane wants to bring harm to themselves. People generally, 99.9% of them, they associate in the free market to better their lives, not to hurt themselves. Right. So the marketplace would come up with ways because of people in search of profit would come up with ways to protect individuals from that 0.1% that is insane or sociopathic or psychopathic enough to actually go and harm others. They would be, there would be multiple ways, a uh, myriad of ways for people to protect themselves from those folks, and it would be up to the people in search of profit to figure those out. And I trust the people in the marketplace far better than I trust anyone in the realms of government to do those things. Yeah. Yeah, and you know, uh, Ian. Well, one of the things that crops up when people talk about voluntary societies is, well, uh, wouldn't the volunteer one voluntary society pit itself against another voluntary society because they want to take their stuff? Uh, just look at the number of people who are in favor of peace in the United States and, and getting out of Iraq and not getting involved in foreign wars and and you know reducing the size of the U.S. military. Those people in the U.S. Those individuals are incredibly numerous, and you can you can see the force and power that they have. And I think that in a private society, you wouldn't encounter this sort of thing because those people would be so sizable and they would benefit. Well, I, I can see that the I, – I, I, I question your point to some extent. Mm-hmm. I'll concede that there wouldn't be a government to propagandize against, uh, you know, the, the, the darn slanty-eyed Japanese and their, you know, the bloodthirsty, uh, you know, the Japanese taking over all these islands in the Pacific or the, uh, the, the crazy Muslims that would like nothing better than to kill us all. Remember, they chopped the heads off of people that uh, – steal things over there or whatever you know the the propaganda mm-hmm. is and and the the groups are numerous uh, at whom this stuff is uh, you know targeted but i think that the propaganda could still exist in the same way that the, the uh, you know there's demagogues out there that uh, benefit from say demagoguing against uh, illegal immigrants the government seems to be more more or less uh, you know, benign to illegal legal immigrants, at least compared to many of the people in America who would like to see this stuff stopped and, you know, the people that have come here illegally punished, uh, you know, severely. The government's more benign than they it's are. It's not as extreme as their vision for what it could be. Right. So the government isn't propagandizing there. So I think you'd still have propaganda in, um, you know, these free societies. However... But you wouldn't have the fiat currency, which you talked about earlier. The fiat currency, I think, is the real link. Because the question is, um, to somebody who, you know, right out there that would, you know, hates the idea of illegal immigrants, how much will you pay to get rid of them all? If you're willing to pay less than $100 to get rid of all the immigrants, less than $1,000 to get rid of all the immigrants, sorry, we don't have enough money pooled to do anything about it. Mm-hmm. So what you'll see is failed social programs, be they wars or rounding up people or whatever it is, yeah. you'll see them fail because people aren't willing to put as much put enough money towards them. Right. If every American mm-hmm. had to had to dish out of their right. pocket right, right now Absolutely. for the Iraq war, you'd see an entirely different policy towards a foreign and of policy. Absolutely. I believe the same thing would apply. Absolutely right. Would apply to any other type of aggressive action against another sovereign free society, non-government society. It's the same sort of thing. I agree. Yeah, so if you had uh, you know, a couple of uh, inbred hicks uh, talking about how they want to wipe out brown people around a few beers, well, then they can say, all right, Bubba, what are you going to throw down? We're going to get an army together. I got $100. 
Well, all right, we're going to have to ask some more of our friends, and then they'd have to go and they'd have to spend money to actually get the idea out there that hey, we want to go wipe out those brown people. They'd have to, you know, they'd actually have to spend their and, own and, money to campaign to get people to donate, and so they'd have to create some sort of organization that's job that was. So it, they wouldn't have any sort of position to start from in that way. And even if they did happen to have a lot of money and they wanted to wipe somebody out, then they come up against the, uh, you know, the fact that the people they want to wipe out aren't going to want to be wiped out. So they're going to fight back against them. And whoever it is that's the money bags in that case is going to literally be throwing money into bombs and, and bullets that's just going to explode and never going to give him a return on not his investment. Mention, not yeah. to mention the uh, the repercussions against uh, politicians, because in that case, the politicians would be the people behind the organization, the, uh, the, the intelligence that would go into it once one group... You know, infilt- you, you, you get a base, you find out who the politicians are. Oh, you can target are, the leaders. They wipe out the leaders. Yeah. And at this yeah. point, you don't have that happening. Leaders are never, almost They've all never agreed. targeted. Well, the, the, uh, the, the countries, the government people in the countries, you know, the high-end people have all agreed that they won't kill one another. They'll just send the little guys to do it. More coming up. It's Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves via the toll-free number at 800-259-9231. Sickle CAI toll-free line for you. That's 1-800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features are there, and they're totally free. If you like the show want to help support Free Talk Live, shop at the store. Go to store.freetalklive.com. Get great Free Talk Live branded merchandise like T-shirts, hats, hoodies, and more. All at store. Dot freetalklive.com. So basically what we were pointing out before is that in the free market situation, the whole idea of initiating war against someone for whatever the reason. Hey, they're over there uh, having female circumcision. We've got to have a war to stop that. Or they're aborting their kids. We're going to have a war to stop that. Well, there's so many different market uh, market-based reasons why that is very unlikely, and I think the one that you just pointed out, Mark, was really powerful. And we're kind of we're wrapping it up in the last few seconds of the segment, so I don't know how well it was communicated. But the idea would be that if you were the ones that wanted to start a war, if if you, Mark, decided you wanted to start a war against the Gardner Goldsmith family or or you know people with people who are bald, uh, that you would <laughs> and Gardner would be the first one I went yeah, after yes, at that point. Yeah, that uh, yes. you wanted to exterminate those who are bald, uh, then you would have to not only would you have to raise money in order to uh, to you know spread the message of your crusade and and bring in recruits and you'd of course would have to hire mercenaries uh, so you'd have to have a significant amount of capital in order to initiate that war but also you yourself would then put your butt on the line because as soon as the bald people in the world found out that Mark and his uh, troops that he's managed to hire uh, are going to be coming after them, then they're going to figure out who it is that's behind this effort to exterminate the bald people. And if they can find out who you are, Mark, through whatever means necessary, maybe uh, put you know putting a tube on someone and having them uh, possibly invade your ranks and uh, figure out who's who's doing what, then you personally could be targeted for retaliation uh, by the people who you were trying to hurt in the first place and so the question would then be would those who are willing to wage war be willing to put their own lives on the line because that's not how it is today george bush isn't out on the front lines and their own money on the line their own lives and money that's one of the key things Uh, right you're not going to be having people forcibly having their money taken from them. they will reduce the power of that massive aggressive force people will be willing to pay into a police protection force 
where they are being protected. But generally, people don't go and hire people to go hurt other people. The, right. The vast majority of people don't do that. And you know that you'd be going up against more than just an innocent group of bald folk. You know that you, those bald people have protection companies they've hired. And as soon as they find out that you know there's a that there's a war on, that those protection companies are they're professionals. So you're not just going up against a bunch of yokels. You're going up against people that are trained. To uh, to do these sorts of things, and right. you, and, and one of the things um, they may have assassins in, in their ranks in, that will come in, after in, you. In, in you know when we're talking about the real world here, is there's a a bounty on Osama bin Laden's head. However, it's it's not very large. I think it's ten million dollars or something like that. It could be significantly larger. And large enough that if you put together a uh, a gang or a um, you know a, a little mercenary group that you'd need to really be able to you know to get the best of the best you want to be able to cut those guys in at a million dollars a piece or two mm-hmm. million dollars a piece I'll bet you can really get a good group of uh, assassins uh, put together for that kind of money however. The United States has made it illegal for any United States organizations to go after him. They, you know the, what they're trying to do is uh, really make yeah you can't it, it, Blackwater couldn't do it huh. I didn't know that. I, so, you know, they, they've got so their the, own laws against doing it. So the reward is only good for U.S. military that find the, the, the reward's really only good for foreign um, organizations, mm. probably, middle, probably Middle Eastern because they're closest to Osama bin Laden, and they don't trust us. Yeah. Well, we know the government doesn't like competition. And I don't particularly trust the government either to come up with this money. Hey, here's a – speaking of the oh, government. I've got an email on yeah. this particular subject that we were talking about. Well, yeah. let's do that then. From uh, – Tom here. I have an example. What about the mafia? Without the government, the mafia would tend to hurt people more. Actually, without the government, the mafia probably wouldn't really exist. What about protection services? What's that? Well, hey, you... I could uh, see your windows could get broken and you could get hurt, hurt here if you, you don't pay for uh, some protection. Well, then I'm going to have my protection service uh, come and protect me protection. from your protection service when they come to, uh, you know, when they come calling. But go ahead with his email. That's the best uh, example uh, that you can come up with. Now, I uh, tend to side with Ian Moore, but I don't want a society with no government. A tiny, tiny government with only one role to secure people's rights is the best form of government. But no government, I'll pass. So well, you can't to me have like that, he Tom. agrees with me. But. Yeah, you can't have it, Tom. I mean, in order to protect yeah. rights, governments must violate rights. So, exactly. sorry, can't yeah. have that. It's a tautology. You can't go in that direction because the minute you go in that direction and you assume that government has the power and the justification to go and take people's property in order to create the police force to protect the property, you've just infringed on people's property. And so the very rationale for the existence of government has just been undermined. Yeah, right from the very beginning. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but but let's look at a little bit closer at the mafia. The mafia is a big gang, and the uh, gangs in America, whether they be the mafia or you know some other gang from some other nationality, uh, they get their money through providing illegal products and services for the most part. Uh, the, right. You know, the mafia is doing drug deals. The mafia, m- many of their uh, soldiers might be involved in pimping. Uh, you know, certainly gambling. They're, so, they're typically involved in those areas that are not allowed in the free marketplace, and they use those the underground. Yeah, yeah. Exactly, the supposed regulating. They use those underground uh, winnings and, and so on, those underground ill-gotten gains, to then start to try to invade into the private, the the free marketplace, uh, buying up land and things like that. Sure, uh, and they can buy politicians as and, well in order to ensure, right. you absolutely. know, in order to ensure that no uh, anti-prohibitionist movement actually takes hold right. again and uh, so repeals the war on drugs. Run, it starts with rum running, it starts with gambling, it starts with drugs, and then they 
they use those profits to then try to invade the regular marketplace, strong-arm people, shake them down, that sort of thing. If you didn't have government, you wouldn't have this, this black market for these guys to turn to to be able to get these things. So everything would be transparent. People talk about transparency in government. Government is designed to not be transparent. You cannot have transparency. The only place where you can get it is in the marketplace. So if you had just the marketplace, you wouldn't have the mafia because the marketplace would have to be transparent. Yeah, the, the mafia is only as big as it is today because it has been so heavily involved in prohibited products and services for so many years. And without all of that uh, illicit money flowing into their coffers, how would they fund themselves? How would they make any money? I mean, they would have to, you know, their only method would be to force extractions from from shop owners and things like that. And that would be a marketplace opportunity for someone to provide real protection services from these gangsters. Yeah. Yeah, so, absolutely. so the you know the marketplace provider of those real protection services would come up with a with some way to root out whoever it was that was was doing the threatening and bring those people to justice. So yeah. I don't consider that to be really much of an issue at all. Yeah, yeah. But I it is a good question because uh, people are concerned about things like that. Well, yeah. I mean, th- they do recognize that. Uh, in fact, the mafia is essentially a, a, for, a form of very corrupt government that uh, people had to deal with in this country and other countries in the past. Actually, the mafia is probably a step above government because from what I understand, the the mafia actually has some level of rules in regards to – they have a code of conduct that, you know, you're not really – I think you're out of your mind. Well – I think that if that certainly the way that people see them portrayed in their minds, the mafia doesn't have any rules other than throwing horse heads in people's beds if they don't uh, comply. That no, uh, you, you're you're a fool. The to, mafia to is even not as there. likely to you know to actually harm children. It's not as okay. Maybe it does. Uh, you know, maybe it's less likely to harm children. But right. the government doesn't come after. And the mafia the, isn't the government taking when hundreds it does of children harm children. But who's to say the mafia wouldn't take children from parents? Well, then that's just not the what I understand we, that they do. It's not harming the children at that point. It's protecting them. It's doing it in the guise of protecting them. And most of the time, it's successful in uh, portraying that to people. I'm not saying it's successful in protecting the children. I'm saying it's successful in portraying it. And you weaken your, uh, your uh, position by saying that the mafia is in some way superior to the government. Well, I, I, do you disagree that they uh, they don't separate children from their mothers? I mean, that's something I governments that do. It, it seems to me, in my mind, I don't know that how the mafia. A step above. I don't know how the mafia really operates. I, I know how the Hollywood mafia operates, and the Hollywood mafia would would gun down my my wife and my child in order to harm me. Okay, so I guess it depends on the mafia you're talking about. There's different mafias. Well, out there's there's right? a real mafia, and then there's gangs and mobs. Um, the real mafia is something that evolved from Sicily and southern Italy and, and that kind of thing. I don't know how those worked, but. But it's it's foolish to say the government is is worse than the mafia. You can say I that they're nothing but they an victimize angle. more people uh, th- yeah, because I, they're more successful, I think I, more I prolific. Can't, I can't assess it. I have a gut. I have a gut feeling to say the mafia is probably not as bad as government because I hate government so much and I haven't experienced the mafia. Uh, but you hate them too. Uh, but I will say that um, you know the the modus operandi of the mafia is probably less pervasive than government. And yeah. in a way, um, perhaps having everything up front with the idea that they are black market forces and they use aggression in some cases 
uh, maybe that would be a little bit more honest dealing than the dealings we get with government politicians. But you'd never be able to argue against it because if the mafia heard you having a radio show where you talk out against the mafia, <laughs> they're going to come in. They're going to take care of you. Why do you think <laughs> I'm saying they're so great? I love the mafia. It's Vinny in here with you. And guard. What are you talking about? And Mark. We'll see you tomorrow night online in the meantime at freetalklive.com. DVD, books, music, instruments, periodicals, computers, software, electronics, photo, cell phone, office product, home and garden, bed and bath, furniture, kitchen, pet supply, automotive, hardware, apparel, shoes, jewelry, grocery, healthcare, sports and outdoors, toys, games, used and more. It's a department store at your fingertips. Amazon.freetalklive.com. Get all your shopping done, a great deal, delivery to your door, and a percentage of your purchase will go to Free Talk Live when you enter Amazon through Amazon.freetalklive.com.